you know, it's crazy. These NFTs, they get such a bad rap. And I don't even know why, really. And they can't even defend themselves. I mean, I don't know. It'd be cool if, like, an NFT could talk. Tell me about it. What the? What are you? It's me. I'm an NFT. You're, you're an NFT? But I would think that NFTs were joyous and happy. That's what everybody is all the time when they talk about NFTs, right? No. I feel used. Used? I never thought about it like that. Why do you feel used, NFT? Everybody makes all this money off of me, but they don't like me. And they say, NFT, you're bad for the environment. I can't help it. That's true. They do say that, but they do make a lot of money. And then there's all the people that talk about how you're not even real. They don't even see me as a, as a, as a anything. As an entity, they don't see me as anything. I'm invisible to them. You're not even a real boy. Oh. Well, NFT, I'm sorry. Maybe we could figure out a way to make you feel more important. I would like that. I don't feel very important. I understand. We'll talk about it, NFT. Don't you worry. I won't leave you alone. Four things. Four things. Oh, it's four things it's another episode of four things episodes uh three we're on three now um it means we've been putting in work um my name is gm uh i'm the host of the show i appreciate y'all for joining me um as always uh we've had a lot of great guests on the show so far um we've had some really dope artists and musicians and um podcasters i mean we have a we've done a bunch of stuff a bunch of bunch of things um but the uh the guest today um is somebody that i wanted to have on the show because i feel like this is somebody who can he can help me get to the bottom of uh of some stuff like we we got to figure out some things that are going on with the uh with the nft conversation and and um just digital art in general and i'm very uh if anybody knows i'm very familiar with traditional art um digital art something that i'm I'm into, but I just haven't really gotten a chance to really pick it apart and really understand the where we're at right now. Um, so hopefully uh, this guest will be able to kind of do that. I know the guest is waiting in the wings. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the guest um, this is the way that I bring uh, every uh, every guest into the show. I'm going to ask you to tell the people who you are, what you do, why they may know you or why you would want them to know you. Cool. Well, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for that, that intro. I'm, I'm stoked to be here. Uh, my name is Coldy. I'm a uh, NFT digital artist. So if people aren't um, up on the, the acronym NFT, um, essentially what it is, is uh, artwork is able to be tokenized, which means you can um, basically assign a special code to it that is on the blockchain. And when um, you sell the piece of artwork using a smart contract, uh, a button is pushed, the asset is exchanged, 
and um, you know it's paid for in uh, you know it could be a variety of different cryptocurrencies or uh, you know um, fiat U.S. dollars, and you know that's it's kind of a, a, a area that I got into about three years ago, and since then it's really um, exploded with adoption, and now it's getting you know worldwide uh, publicity and notoriety. So it's really um, kind of being a guinea pig in the whole ecosystem and taking a lot of calculated risks and yep, yep. Uh, being along for the ride, really. Well, that's, I feel like I, I understand art. Like I really, I really feel like I understand art. And this is something that I, about five, six years ago or so, I didn't, I didn't even know I liked art like that. I've, I've been a rapper for a long time. Like I've been into music for a long time. I've always been into you know, making my own videos and stuff like that. Like I've, I've, I've always had like an eye for stuff, but I never realized that there was an entire world of people that were like me. I, I never, I just never realized it in that regard. And when we, when we did the podcast before we would have a lot of traditional artists on and some digital artists and stuff like that, we would talk to them. Everything was cool. Then when the last five years or so, I've taken that time off basically because I wanted to step back and I wanted to come back with something new that I that I really felt um, had a purpose kind of, you know, and it doesn't mean my show is the the end all be all. It just means that I want to give a platform to people that, that are artistic, creative, um, you know, just in that area. And it's I think that when you bring up NFT now, there's a lot of, um, there's, there's misconceptions about it. Um, there's a lot of people that I feel like that are traditional, quote unquote, traditional artists. That when you ask them about NFTs, they might just shut it down right away and say, oh, I don't, I don't fuck with those. Those are for bad, they're bad for the environment. They're, they're whatever. They'll give you a, you know, a, a short list as to why. Um, why do you feel so strongly that the NFTs are the answer? Well, I guess first and foremost, um, I identify as a digital artist. Yep. And throughout the years, um, being, uh, I guess, digital art in general, being recognized as quote unquote fine art or something that you would see in a gallery um, or in an auction house simply wasn't part of the equation. And because of that, um, you know, a lot of people who were into, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, Photoshop work or animation or anything that was uh, different than, uh, let's call it painting. Right. Uh, we were kind of shoved into this little side corner of the internet. And there, the only way that you could really get any type of exposure was by, you know, being on Instagram and you had to watermark your images. And there were yep, all yep. these like scary things of, you know, well, couldn't somebody just right click and save it and then, you know, go over and, uh, you know, if, if China got a hold of it, they could just start printing your pictures. You know, there's all these like fears and concerns with digital artists um, over the years. And because of that, I think it um, it stifled the industry. Um, it pushed a lot of really creative people into solely doing commercial uh, artwork. Right. And if you really uh, kind of extrapolate that, I think it actually um, it dashed a lot of, of really talented artist um, aspirations yep. because, you know, I me also, you know, I became a commercial art director and, you know, that was great uh, and all. But at the end of the day, I was I was an artist who was doing a job. Right. So I think that the ramifications of digital art being kind of sequestered for a long time 
this this revolution is actually kind of the the answer to that and a lot of the i think reason why this community has absolutely exploded because there's a lot of very amazing artists who were never able to monetize their visions and it's happening now and it's really beautiful to see people who who are you know 25 year veterans of digital art you know they right. literally started with photoshop one or i saw somebody Pro- not to cut you off but i saw somebody the other day i don't know if it was you or if it was it might it, it was somebody else i've been following a lot of new people lately but somebody posted a, a picture like a like a cell phone uh image that that they took of an old I don't know. It was like an old Mac or something like that, that they, that they were creating like digital graffiti art on and they have no way to get it off of there. And they're like, this is essentially my Genesis piece. Like this, this is it. Like if you want, you know, if you want my first piece, this is the one except for your, I can't get it off of this thing. You know what I mean? So it just goes to show that like what you're saying, like people have been doing this. I mean, if you go back to like the, uh, the chat room days and shit like that, like people were doing this in chat rooms with, with like the, um, I don't know what that art would be called. You might, you might have an idea of what I'm talking about where people would take like just little, um, like characters and, and, and the characters get grouped together to make an image. Yeah. It's called like ASCII art, I think. Okay. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause ASCII is like the, the program or whatever, right. That they probably use. Okay. So yeah, that's like, like when you look back to like that kind of stuff, I mean, what was the first, what's like the first internet moment that you can remember like the first meme or the first uh i don't know like something that caught on to you that you can look back on and say like that's the first thing that i can really remember from oh jeez i mean i'll i'll be the first to say that i probably i lived in a pretty uh tight bubble growing up i didn't really yeah um trying to think that's a good question i mean i i guess the first kind of exposure to like social media and stuff i was going to school um, I was going to university down in, uh, in LA and we were like the first test groups for Facebook. Right. It was right. before it was open. Right. So all the, all the colleges got, got, um, yeah, yeah. The, I remember that. Yep. So like, that was that. kind of a weird thing. And also like, I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, um, like geo cities, I don't know yep. if you like, okay. So you know about that stuff. So I think it was that early, like I wasn't in the meme scene but I definitely appreciated like a uh, web art. Yep. So people would make these just crazy weird, you know, it might be 10 pages on a site and you're like, you click a button and it hops you, you know, to the next page and something does something weird. And, um, Do you, have you ever checked out you, the man now dog? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh man. That's a, that's an internet, uh, like that's like the first, I think that's like the first archive that I ever saw where you could go there and, and like, it would um it would evolve gifts basically like gif humor oh. where it was it was like it would start off as one thing and then at the end it would be completely evolved by you know thousands of users or whatever that would create cool. different different gifts and i think if you go to uh 
I don't know. I can't do this right now. If, if you go to you, the man now dog, but you take the, it's just the first letters of each. Uh, I'm actually y- there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Just, yeah. Just so if you go there and like, you just click around, like you'll kind of see what I'm saying. Like some of them are real dumb. Some of them don't really make any sense because you're, you're jumping into the joke, you know, late or whatever, but that's, that's kind of the meme. You know what I mean? Like sure. to me, that's like Ooh. the beginning of, of meme cultures as far as I've, as far as I've seen it like that. And I remember, do you ever see the unforgivable video? No, there was this, uh, there was this dude who would do like these videos where he would be like, yeah, I tell that bitch, bitch, go get me a drink. Okay, I, yeah. I need it. And then he would go unforgivable. Okay, and, uh, sure, sure, sure. That's sure. like the first thing that like, you know, when I look back on like my internet experience or whatever, I'm like, those are like the first things that went viral in my head. You know what I mean? Like that I could really track back that I'm like, yeah, that's, that was, that was the moment that I had an idea. You know what I mean? That like, this was going to get out of control. Yep. And there was no way to like, that creativity was, you know, I guess in the going viral sense was the only way that that artist ever got any like validation or recognition, which is fine. Which you know, we don't, in we don't make opinion. art to make money. Well, I, I don't mean, know. I mean, yeah, I, but I think there's recognition involved, right? I mean, like oh, yeah. when you're, you know, like if somebody takes your unforgivable, like the guy that did the unforgivable videos, like those are burned in my brain. Like I'll yeah. never forget those. Yeah. And, and the fact is, is like, there's other people that I've seen since then where I'm like, Hey, that's the unforgivable. That's the unforgivable guy. But then when I look it up, it's not the unforgivable guy. Like it's somebody else. And I'm just like, Oh, they're, they're, they're swinging it. So like every like five years or so, like you get like a resurface of it. And that's kind of like what you're talking about. I guess what, I guess what a lot of people seem to have a a thing about the, the ongoing joke. And, and I personally, I, I hate this fucking joke. I think it's played out or whatever. And um, it's on Twitter where like somebody will say, you know, this, this people uh, auction just went for 69 million or whatever. Yeah. And then somebody will right click it and then post it in the thread and say, ha ha ha. I just got it for free. <laughs> sure. Um, and what you were saying before is, is like, there's like a digital ownership to it and all that. And I get that. But the, but the argument is, is what's to, you know, you were saying like, you know, somebody couldn't just right click and save as or whatever, but essentially that's what people, that's what it seems like the big, the big, dickhead argument is is in this is that you can right click save as yeah Um, i mean it's a very it's a very short-sighted argument i mean i think people feel a little puffed up when they say that they're like kind of peacocking Mm -hmm. but it's like they obviously don't understand what they're even talking about (laughs) to be quite honest so well oh go ahead go ahead i mean in in a sense and and believe me like when i first came into this i was trying to juggle that that same argument even with myself right like well what is somebody actually buying when they get the the token right and what what it is first of all the right click and save issue went away for me because as soon as i was able to tokenize an artwork Mm -hmm. the image itself became a marketing piece because i knew that only one person or however many were in the edition Mm -hmm. only those owners would actually own it and anybody right. else is like the, the essentially, you know, taking a picture of the Mona Lisa and hanging that up in your bedroom. It's like, well, yeah, you know, kind of counts, but not really. So, right. you know, to me, it gave me actually more uh, personal power to get my artwork out there because I knew it was protected by the token. And I've heard the other counter argument is, is like when you get into like the um, the the high finance art world is that it's it's uh, it's hard to to prove ownership 
when you get into like art yes. theft and stuff like yes. that. So like if somebody comes into your house and steals your, your art gallery, like you really don't, there's nobody that handles, there's like no art police or whatever. So like, they're going to look into it. They're going to see what they can do. But at the end of the day, like if it's, if it gets pushed through the cycle and they don't get back to you, there's no way to show that you actually physically owned it to begin with, to even make a claim for it later. Right. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That's the other I mean, that's the other huge value, I think, of NFTs is, is the provenance of, you know, not only that it's the, the real genuine piece, mm-hmm. but also, you know, how it's exchanged hands in the process. Right. And that's a lot of what art collecting is. If you really start looking at the valuations of different pieces, some of them are worth more because it, it exchanged between important hands along the way. Yeah, that's crazy. That's one thing that's honestly really crazy to me that like when I got into when I got into the art world, like I said, you know, five, six, seven years ago or whatever, I didn't realize that. And this is even throughout the entire time. Like I'm just realizing this now with with um, with like the crypto world and digital world and stuff is that as much as there are famous artists, there are famous collectors. And that to me blows my fucking mind because it's, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I feel like the artist should get the credit and I, and I, that doesn't, I'm not trying to discredit any collectors. Cause I understand that the collector is just as important in my opinion. Like I feel like they, it's like a give and take in, in both ways. But at the end of the day, it's just weird to me that like that value of a piece can go up because of the people's hands that it went through. But I guess when you look at like, you know, if a famous person owns something, then you probably, you know certain people would want to have that you know what i mean like i saw like joe dimaggio's toilet is being auctioned off or something like that and you know (laughs) and i'm sure people would love to take a shit on that (laughs) (laughs) right so yeah yeah i think that's what you're uh that's what you're kind of talking about yeah Um, i mean especially with this early phase of um nfts and collecting i do think that um there's certain collectors that are respected in a sense that oh man this artist was unknown until they were collected by so and so yeah or retweeted by so and so yeah exactly like once the recognition and like that validation is kind of signaled Mm -hmm. that could be what starts off their um you know their whatever following or, or popularity of an artist and um i think that you know that's that's always held credence in in traditional art collecting. And I think it's, it's even easier to do that now. You know, you can go to basically any collector who has a public address and you can just go through there and you could, you know, if you like that collector, it's almost like if you have like a, an index fund or for your 401k or something where you're just in a basket and you could look at that, that collector. It's like, well, this collector is into these 15 artists, you know, maybe that's not a bad thing to follow their lead. It's so crazy because I like what you're talking about right now is, is a large part of why I do this show in terms of um, I try to put people onto things or whatever, like, especially with artists and stuff like the, the a big thing that I try to do um, when I have artists on the show is if, if you can, I don't like to do the tag at the end, like the, the website and all that stuff, because I feel like people that aren't familiar with your work, um, they should be able to kind of look along um, as we're, yeah. as we're kind of talking. So if you want to throw out um, some information just to kind of, give people an idea of what you do. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. So I guess, you know, we, we could turn this, uh, just I'll, I'll be the Guinea pig, right? So mm-hmm. if people want to go to super rare.co. Okay. And then slash 
C-O-L-D-I-E. Uh, that's my account on Super Rare. Okay. And I'm kind of that dual track guy, right? So part of what I did, um, and I, you know, I, I was saying this back in the day, I'm, I'm all in on crypto. Right. I, I was the guinea pig at first who was testing it out. The, you know, the, the use case was validated to me personally as an artist. And I saw you're like the, how... You're like the OG OG. Uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of, th- of Ethereum um, NFTs, I would classify myself in that space. Sure. Um, in terms of crypto art in general, there's many um, very important people who've come before me. Right. So I have to, you know, take my hat off where, where it's of right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, just quickly, people who don't know, to really understand crypto art, you need to go back to, oh gosh, 2014. And, you know, there's people like uh, Crypto Graffiti, uh, Rare Pepe, uh, Crypto Punks. Uh, yeah. Can we stop there for a second? I yeah. want to talk to you about CryptoPunks real quick. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. When I first saw CryptoPunks, um, I'm going to break it down from, and what I think is like the most common person's uh, or common collector's perspective or whatever. I saw CryptoPunks. I uh, I was like, they're cool, I guess. Like, they're all right. Then um, I saw that they were selling for, you know, millions of dollars and, and a lot uh, at, um, at Christie's. And I was like, wait, wait a second. There's... There's more of a story here. I need to figure out what the fuck is going on with these things because I know enough collectors to know that people aren't just going to throw millions of dollars at, at nothing. So I got to figure out and I'm and I'm not trying to disrespect CryptoPunks because I know that there's a community out there. You mentioned the word community. I understand that there's a community out there that's very passionate about these. So I'm not trying to disrespect y'all. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to explain the, the way that the outsider perspective may may be if you haven't heard it, which I'm sure you have. But I looked at these things and I was like, they, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Then um, I had, uh, I think Freehand Profit was on the show. And um, well, I know he was on the show, but I think I talked to him about it where he had mentioned um, that they're made on the blockchain. Is that true? Is that is that the way that CryptoPunks work? Are they created on the actual blockchain or how, what is the story behind these? I guess, like, what am I, what am I missing out as the collector? Well, I mean, they, they're considered generative uh it's a generative collection so you know if you go to the larva labs website which is the uh the team that put this on um if you go there and you you start to look at the different attributes of the crypto punks there's a whole big long list of different traits that any punk could have right they give percentages or something yeah exactly so some of them are more rare like there's only like i don't i don't know exactly let's call it like nine aliens and like maybe i don't know five apes i'm i'm, I'm sure those are wrong so don't, right, right. don't, don't blast me nope I, but yeah. you know yeah so, we got to keep throwing out disclaimers that's how yeah, crazy yeah. this I, is I, right I now <laughs> yeah I, I know the scene enough i don't know how many aliens. i don't know the scene at all i'm throwing out disclaimers <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know yeah. you you're an og in the fucking scene and you're yeah. still throwing out disclaimers yeah. like so we're, all, we're all learning this right? is so, crazy <laughs> but essentially this. what happens is they it's it's generative art right so they basically um, plugged in whatever the code was and mm-hmm. it, it just started jumbling all the probabilities and it spit out 10,000 different punks, right? They didn't, no one built each of these punks. The computer assigned different, you know, groupings of uh, attributes and then they were given away. Now, they, they were not even that's sold. That's, that's the, okay. So now this is where 
I, it's really funny because I was just talking to again, uh, not to plug my own show, but uh, I had Night Owl on um, uh, recently, and him and I were just talking actually uh, in the in the DMs, and I'll I'll uh, give you guys a sneak. Um, we were just talking about like collector stuff and how um, on have you are you familiar with uh, Hick? Uh, I never say this right. Hick Hickenuck Hickenuck Hickenuck. Is yeah, that- man, it's fun. Okay. I'm literally like I have I'm looking at my tabs right now. I have at least three Hickenucks up on it, on my uh, browser right now. It's beautiful, <laughs> isn't it? Um, yeah. As a collector, it's beautiful for me because I'll be the first one to say it. I am not a whale. I am not. I do not have a lot of money to throw in this thing. Um, and and as much as I love art, if you go and check out, actually, since you're doing like you're able to check things out, which I love, by the way, like I love when I can kind of throw links at a guest and like they can look at stuff and whatever. Um, if you go to uh, Instagram and you go to um, four things podcast uh, four uh, things with an A instead of an I and then podcast. Um, so I don't have a lot of things on there for four things. Um, but what I do have on there is I have a lot of stuff from the previous podcast, the blind box. And if you go through, um, I realized this today, I was like, I haven't posted on Instagram in fucking years or whatever, but I do have this archive at at this point through Instagram, where if you go to the Instagram and you check it out, you can see the kind of stuff that I am into. And you can see the kind of stuff that, um, especially like up to the time or whatever, what the stuff that I do collect and stuff like that, um, to see that I, I am a collector. I, I do this, you know what I mean? So when you talk about the rarity of CryptoPunks and stuff, to me, I relate that to like a blind box type situation, which was the the name of the the show before um, okay. for multiple reasons. But it's very blind box like to me, and and that I like about it. So I can understand the value in in that aspect. I think I also see another value in this, where if you own the likeness of the CryptoPunk at the beginning, then essentially you can you can you can carry that likeness so if it's like a like a mickey mouse or whatever like like walt disney one day sat down scribbled mickey mouse out or whatever on a piece of paper and eventually mickey mouse became what we see mickey mouse is now yeah is that essentially what the value is in crypto punks right now like is that what the owners of crypto punk see it as oh man that's a good question um geez you know i that's the thing is i don't know if i don't know if even a lot of collectors know where this all is headed. Right. I think that there's some type of, I was actually reading a, on a board last night, something about like you're allowed to make a certain amount of money off of your punk, like with inherent ownership, you know, you can't make a million bucks, but something like a hundred K or something, something that like by owning this punk, you owned a certain amount of, of, you know, ownership to, to license it. Well, because um, is, is that what they're doing with the crypto? Again, that is um, conjecture. I read that, but it, there's, right. um, yeah, there's I a lot get, of news. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I just got I got to get the comic guys on here um, at some point. Like that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to do too. I think because are, are you involved with the crypto comic, uh, the crypto punk comic at all, or or no? Um, no, I'm not. No, yeah. I've seen it and followed it, but I'm not part of. Yeah, it's, it's cool as fuck. I just got to I've 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 uh, I've linked up with a couple of the guys on on Twitter a little bit and told them, you know, I'd like to have them on the show. But this I guess this is an open call for anybody that's listening. If you're listening right now, I, I mean, if you want to come on and clear up the uh, the crypto punk comic thing, I would like to do that because um, I think it's a dope project. I just want to know. I just kind of want to know more about it. And I know that there's a lot of information tucked in there. Yeah, there's a lot. I've, I've definitely looked at the site. I know there's some type of coin, like if you buy a comic. There's some type of like um, 
piece of the pie of like the the asset bundle that's part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, like you own like you almost stake part of the 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 punk or whatever. Um, yeah, and yeah. I don't even I don't even know. Again, my I'm I'm trying to ra- I would be considered a boomer, I guess, to a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of young cats. So I feel the same way, man. Don't don't worry. I'm trying to wrap my head around like a lot of this stuff where I'm just like, this is crazy. Like this is such a um, I don't know. So I guess this brings me to my next question because I know with the with the with the uh, the CryptoPunk comics, I know that there's an option to burn, and um, a lot of people I think that that if you're not familiar with the term burning, um. I can explain it to the best that I know it as, and then maybe Coley can kind of clean it up a little bit. Um, I think what happens is, is you get a piece, a digital piece, and then um, you can burn it. And if you burn it, you get a token or you get something in return that you can only get essentially by burning it. And what it, what burning it does is it destroys it to where it makes like, if there's an addition of 25 out and you burn your piece, then that brings it down to 24. And then there's no more piece out there but you then get a token of something that's only going to exist one of 24 or whatever because or one of uh, i don't know exactly how to yeah one of 24 because nobody else burned yet is that right does that make sense yeah i i think there is some type of trade-off yeah there there is a burn burn mechanism in there and and again like i don't i don't exactly know but i know that there's some they're basically gamifying uh, token ownership and and pack um did a similar thing uh where he was selling cubes yep um and then you could burn your cube and get ash tokens and then you can basically use the ash tokens to buy new pack art so that you know everyone's experimenting with technology which i think is the biggest takeaway is that you know it's not you know w- when i started it was simply here's a token that is a, an art image. Yep. And I think that's, I think it's beautiful that it's progressing uh, to bigger uh, ways of using the tokens. It kind of homages the, the, you know, the old schoolness of what, w- what was going on. Right. But now, you know, you can start connecting to DeFi. You can do all this crazy stuff. And, you know, if you hold a token, it gets you, you know, access to places that non-token holders can't. So, you know, it's it's really kind of bringing art and technology even further than it already has come. Right. And I think that's really one of the, the huge next steps is how do artists leverage a token as more than just pinning it to a, you know, an, an art asset. Um how much how how much did the Coindesk event uh blow your mind? Oh man, dude, that was super, super duper insane. So, um, it was another kind of beautiful reason, not a, not a reason, but it was an opportunity to, um, realize a project that I I've been kind of working on for like months or even thinking about for years. Um, so boombox head is the, uh, the master architect of the show. Yep. Um, hats off to him. He, he built, you know, this full um, VR gallery for the event. He built a podcast room. And, you know, part of that gallery was featured artists got to put in put in a piece of work. And the group I was in was a uh, VR artist panel. And I will be the first person to say that I don't um, identify myself as a VR artist. 
Right. However, that that's where I'm going into part of my right. like progression is makes sense. I mean, you do you know, 3d stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually what I was talking about um, on the interview there was I've been dreaming about using VR for 10 years yep. because I shoot 3d um, concert photography Yep. and I was dreaming for the day that I could view these pictures in VR and it happened and yep. it was such a huge kind of like manifestation. Like it was a heavy, heavy thing. I just like literally broke down. I was like, Holy shit. My, my dream of having this option like came true. And on, on top of that, now that I'm in NFTs, I'm taking uh, my portrait series. It's called uh, Decentralize. And I've been doing these portraits for three years now. I just used um, that event as a launch pad for my very first uh, VR NFT. I, uh, congratulations, by the way. Um, Thank you. I know exactly. I Okay, I, I was going to say I know exactly how you feel, but I do not know exactly how you feel. I know a little bit, a little tiny bit of how you feel. Um, I started making beats. Uh, like I said, I, I did the rap stuff for a long time. Um, I never really got into making beats, though. Um, I, I just kind of, I always like networking with other people and like really networking with them. Like you're talking about community and stuff like that. Like I liked having like that kind of sense of community with beat makers and stuff. I didn't feel like I really needed to make beats. I had beats around me. Um, lately I started to get more into uh, production stuff and making beats and whatever. And um, uh, my, my, uh, my boy Ren One, uh, shout out to Ren One. Um, he uh, he cooked up an NFT and he used one of my beats as the uh, the background um, for that NFT. So that was the first time that my like That's I've awesome. ever. It, it was fucking great. It was the first time that I've ever really um, collabed with any of the artists that I've known for the last now five, six, seven years or whatever. Like I haven't had a chance to collab with them other than doing podcast stuff. Um, this gave me a chance to be able to actually collab with them and feel like I was, I, I, I belonged in the same, you know, arena or whatever, which I've, I've always felt like that, but I just never had anything, you know? Um, so this was a really dope feeling. And then again, uh, shout out to Night Owl. Um, Ren posted that up on his, uh, on his hen, uh, profile and, uh, and then Night Owl scooped it up and then put it in his, uh, his gallery that he just made. And so it's in the gallery. So yesterday I saw uh, that, you know, he sent me over a screenshot or whatever, that it was in the gallery. And I'm like, that's fucking amazing. So, um, so I have to, I have the VR headset. Um, I'm I, like the whole, the whole thing I can go in and I've been meaning to go in and check it out, but this kind of brings me into my next thing. Um, have you, uh, do you ever get metaverse anxiety? Is that a thing? Like, have you um, ever like, experienced like in, like that? in a social situation? Yeah, like even just I'm having I'm experiencing this thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of pull back the curtain for people and and give you a heads up of how much of a fucking mess I am sometimes. I'm having this thing where I can walk into like a gallery or whatever, like into like a lowbrow shop or whatever, no problem for the most part. Like I'm I'm okay. I'm not the most social person as much as I am on on the podcast and I like to rap and talk and do stuff on stage and whatever. I am not, I am not the most social person to be around. So um, I get kind of anxiety anyways, going into situations, but I've learned that every time I think about putting the headset on to go into uh, a metaverse situation, I start to get like uh, like weird, like a weird feeling about it where I'm like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm like, I, I don't know. 
Number one, um, I, I don't. I, <clears throat> hold on a second. I'm I'm being very honest here. So just yeah, give me one think, just no. to interject, I completely have plenty of anxiety issues. So we're, we're you're in safe space. Okay, so that's so so I just got to try to explain this the best way that I can because usually I'm really good with words, but this is one thing that I'm just trying to figure out even over the last couple of days or whatever because I've been meaning. I keep saying I want to go into the uh, to the VR spaces. I want to go into the VR spaces, and then I keep not doing it. And I'm like, why am I not doing it? It's right there. Like I have the computer, I have the VR headset. Um, I have no problem with with playing like vr games and shit like that like i can i'll do i'll play half-life and shit i don't get the same feeling about that i have this weird feeling of like being in a vr space with like other people at a real time or whatever and then i also think about like i'm not the most image conscious person right but like i like to have like some some cool shit or whatever and then it makes me think like, well, where do I even start to put together like an avatar for something like that? Mm-hmm. Am I even going to look fucking like, is my shit going to look st- like one time I made a face on a, on NBA 2K, I think like three years ago or four nice. years ago. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. With the, with the connect cam, they had me do the connect cam. Oh, wow. okay. They took my picture and I looked like fucking Jason Voorhees. Colby. I'm <laughs> telling you, I was like, this, I was like, this is not, I'm not putting that on my basketball player. Like it was ridiculous. I'm not the most handsome guy in the world, but I don't look like Jason Voorhees. Yeah. So with, Without the mask I'm talking about, without the mask. And so what I like, I don't want to go into this, uh, this metaverse or whatever. And I just look like a a fucking loser, basically. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't think anybody wants to do that. And then it starts to go into like why crypto punks are important and shit like that, because it gives you a face in the metaverse and Mm. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm not spending $60,000 so that I can go and check out a couple (laughs) of galleries. This is crazy. So I don't know. Like, do you ever experience anything like that? Or am I, am I alone in this right no, now? No, you're not. You're not alone. No, you're not. It's funny. Um, when I was doing the, um, the Coindesk uh, group interview, there was, I think there was, let's call it eight of us. Yep. And we had like a half an hour. Right. So basically everyone had like three minutes to like get their time in. Quick talk time. Real quick. And, you know, I think I was the third person and you know as the first person started talking the anxiety started going up you know right you're like oh my god what am i going to talk about and you're still trying to listen you know it was actually very similar to real life and (laughs) i know the feeling when it got around to me you know luckily like if if i'm talking about art i can push away a lot of that anxiety right because i'm just comfortable in my skin in that situation i you know, I kind of know what I, what I like talking about, whatever. Right. Um, but it Almost was autopilot kind of, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm in my zone. I don't, and, and the one nice thing I do have to say was at least I knew that like, I didn't have to worry about my fly being down or, right. um, you know, some of these, Oh, my hair did you was get, all did fucked Did you get dressed up. for that? Or were you just, uh, were you just hanging out in like the boxers and t-shirt thing? Oh no, for that no. I yeah. I mean I was I I was wearing pants and a shirt. For okay, sure. all right, okay, okay. But I didn't need to. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like um, I mean I don't know. I don't. I mean when I go check out the gallery, I don't know what I'm going to be wearing. I have no yeah, idea. No, but I I and did have um, Boombox Head who built the gallery. Um, he built my own personal gallery um, in VR chat. I just that's um, dope. And we just we launched it. And if people have VR chat. Um, you can go to the community labs section okay. and, uh, you can search, uh, I believe it's, if you just search for Coldy, yep. it should come up. I'm going this weekend, man. I'm oh, doing sweet. it. Well, I'm, we should, I'm we should link up heads. and just go check out 
Kobe, it out, you know? please fucking let's do this because to be honest with you, that's kind of the reason why I haven't done it is because I feel really alone in this in this metaverse or whatever. Like I'm, yeah. I'm very new to this thing. Like I've been the first one to say it. I'm not trying to say that. You you mentioned the community thing, and um, I when I had Freehand on, I had I went into a little bit of a rant about community, and and I want people to understand where I stand on this because I've I've been around now for the last month, and the like I've been around the NFT community. I'm, I'm not saying I'm a part of it because I don't see myself as as a part of the NFT community. I'm an I'm an observer, and and for me, I want to be able to help y'all get put on. Like that's what I was trying to explain sure. to Coldy when. He was like, when I asked him to do the show and he's like, well, what's the show about? And I apologize for bombing you with so many messages, but I don't have an elevator pitch for the show right now. Um, the show is about so much, but what it is, what it, what it really is about is breaking down a lot of the walls and stuff like that to try to get people to kind of understand these things. And that's all I want to try to do in the grand scheme of things is try to get people to understand these things. I just can't, I can only teach people what I know. So if I say to somebody like, Hey, um, is somebody willing to show me around like the, the metaverse or whatever, and nobody hits me up to say like, yeah, let's do it or blah, blah, blah. Or like, if I'm not part of the NFT community, so nobody sees me as valuable in that, in that aspect. So I don't kind of get the, the, yeah, jump in, let's do this. Then I don't, I can't report on anything. I can't talk about anything. I can't bring any more light to that situation than what people already know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel, and then I feel like I'm doing a complete disservice to to you guys and to to the listeners because at the end of the day, that's not what I'm here for. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's it's all of us just kind of you know being being each other's. Um, I always like to kind of think about being a Sherpa, where you know we're we're helping each other get to the top of the mountain, and no one's no one's perfect, but if we can kind of help each other get that next step forward, then you know they're able to do the same for the next person. So you know it's just kind of paying it forward in the metaverse and in crypto art. I think I've seen it a lot. There's a lot of people who um, do the same for me and, and, you know, that's just the way it works. Well, I appreciate it. I'm trying to start at a, at a clean slate, I guess you could say I've had, like I said, I've done the rap thing. The, um, the community word and the rap thing is used a lot. Like, yo, let's network, let's link, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't, that's never good. You know what I mean? Like that's like buy my beats, you know what I mean? That type of shit. Like that's yeah. not linking or, or networking or whatever. Like it's very hard to find a community in, in like the hip hop world, in my opinion, um, from what I've found. Uh, I do have, and don't get me wrong. I have, this is what this, this plays into what I'm trying to explain is like, I have people in that world that I would go to war for, like that. I, that I would never say a bad word about. They they've slept on my floor, on my couch. Like they've, they've, I've, I've cooked food for them. Like we've hung out, we've all that shit. Like we've completely broken bread together and they are my family, but not everybody that is in that world that says community is that then it's kind of the same thing with the art world that I learned where it's like, it's kind of the same thing. Like people say whatever they want to try to get on your good side because they know that you can do something for them. But then when you can't do something for them, they're not really around like that. So where are they as part of the community? You know what I mean? So like, I'm not trying to shit on the NFT community by any means, because everything that I've seen so far has been really fucking positive. It's just in my experiences. And then you got to go back to like message boards and shit like that. Like when you go back to, you know, all that kind of stuff, a lot of message boards just turns into like drama, whether it's real life or internet, you know, bullying and blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm just not into that kind of shit. Like I don't, I don't have a Facebook. I haven't been on Facebook for eight years or whatever. Um, like I said, I haven't been on Instagram for five years. Like I'm not, I'm not really into like the social networking world, but I am very interested in 
the metaverse, like this, the, like what you were saying, where you've seen this coming. I had Brant Peters on the show, um, five years ago or whatever. And I, and I told him on the show, I was like, Brant, have you ever thought about doing anything that's like, that's, that's creating like a world digitally with the, with the, the characters that you have and the, the paintings that you do. And, and he said, and what he told me at the time is he said, yeah, we haven't, we've definitely looked into that. And like, we have some things coming and blah, blah, blah. But what I've always looked at was being able to put on a headset and walk into a Brant Peters painting. Mm, and yep. to me, that would be incredible. Like that would be absolutely amazing. Um, and I think that's kind of what you were looking at too. You know what I mean? Is like, is that's the, the, the future and that's now it happens now. Uh, yeah, 100%. I think I'm actually, I think that's going to be a, a huge explosion with, uh, with artists who are, you know, working in quote unquote 3d space with animation is, is making it interactive in right. a sense that you can, you know, explore inside of it. And, you know, I started in my own investigation of, of this, you know, probably yeah, maybe a year ago or so I started making, um, a, um, project. It was called Gandinsky where I, I took, uh, Vasily Kandinsky artworks and, um, I ran them through a image generator and, I got spit out all these weird images and I, and I started building little like vignette scenes mm -hmm. and I, I, I went into the, to the after effects and you can get a camera and I just started exploring the scene with a camera, even though I couldn't walk around the, the area. I tried to give it like a dimensional environmental feel. Right. And that is exactly what is what led me to the portraits being in VR? Right. You know, it's it's all cyclical. You know, yep. as soon as I figured out how to make my portraits in VR, the very next thing that I'm doing is going back to that project to the Gandinsky and creating one of those in VR, right? right. And I don't I don't even think I've mentioned that. So, New you know, shit. anybody who's who's interested in like my progress, those, you know, and I, I've said this many times before and I, and I actually want to lay it out uh, visually like all of my projects are so linear in thought process that it's it's literally if you line them up since I started it makes sense right. and and I have sometimes you know five different active series that I'm working on and for different reasons like at first I started doing the Gandinsky project because I wanted to experiment on camera movements in kind of a low key way that could right. be kind of like an R and D project. And I think that's the best way to do it because that R and D project ended up being a little bit more quote unquote, like formative and um, you know, collectors it's a, you know, they like those things. So right. it was like the test project became the thing that people wanted and it's, they all, inform each other and there's a such a progress that i find beauty in that you can you can take learned experiences and apply them in different ways that internally is a lot more comforting i don't have to take a quote-unquote risk with an established series by doing something new i can try it over here in the corner and you know when that works I can kind of, you know, apply that new, new skill 
same with beats, right? It's you, right. You, you figure out something new. You're like, oh shit, okay, I can hop back over here to this other one, and you're you're up, you're leveling up I, in I real do time. It. I do it all the time, especially yeah. right now. And and I it's funny because I was just uh, I think I talked about it on one of the shows where um, I had just gotten some new speakers that are just like studio monitors. But when I played my old beats, I thought they banged. Like I would listen to them and I'm like these like these drums are crazy. Yeah. And then I would send them over to my boy and he would be like. E, these are all right, but you need some better drums. And I'm like, what are you talking about drums? And he's like, well, you just, I can't, I, you can't hear them. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You can't hear them. That's ridiculous. Like I'm, I am knocking at these drums right now. And he's like, well, there's no drums here. And, um, and then I, I played, I actually took my phone and I, and I'm like, yo, can you hear this? And I played the beat over the phone and, and just had the, the, the phone in the air. And he's like, oh yeah, those drums knock. And I'm like, then why can't you hear my drums? Like, what the fuck is the issue? And he's like, well, what speakers are you, are you using? And I'm like, I don't know. They're just like regular computer speakers or whatever. And he's yeah. like, oh, that's your problem. And he's like, it's adding all the, the, the enhancement to your, to your beat or whatever. He's like, and, and that's not what it actually sounds like. He's like, you need to get some monitors and then you can really hear what you're, so like, sometimes it's just changing up your equipment or whatever. And then once you do, you, like you said, you just go back and you're like, all right, I got to go back and touch all this shit up now. Yep, hundred percent. And it's funny as you say that I look around at my my computer setup, and you know that's it's. I, I invested actually. I bought a gaming machine so that I could yeah. do VR and and my three D stuff. Yep. And um, that was a great investment. But then you like you said, now I'm starting to look at my monitors, and those things are at least ten years old. Yep. You know, so it's 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 you know the biggest thing I'm always doing is is reinvesting in myself because I think that that's that's one of the only things you can control is right. is what you can produce. So if if I'm ever in a, at a loss of, you know, where should I put my money? Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on myself. Right. That's and that's smart. I mean, because because when it comes down to it, there's a lot of stuff that I've learned about this crypto thing. But one thing I've learned is that if you have a gut instinct about something, you got to run with it, whether it's the art aspect or whether it's the finance aspect or whatever. Um, you know, if I had, if I had put in eight years ago, when I learned about cryptocurrency, I would have been a fucking millionaire by yeah. now. Yeah. Um, if I had put into uh, Dogecoin or whatever, um, when I first heard about it, I would have probably been a hundred thousand air by now. Um, and these are all things that I just kind of like, I mean, one of my boys is a top 1% owner of XRP in the, uh, in the world. And he's been, he's just a normal dude. And he's just been putting money in for the last two and a half years now. And sure. he's about to, he's about to cake off from, from that shit. Uh, if it goes the way that it looks like. So there's certain things that like, you just got to kind of trust your gut with or whatever. And and I think betting on yourself is, is in that area where it's like, you just realize like I've done, I've been right too many times that this can't be wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think. In, and, and to that point, I've also face planted so many times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. There, there's such a value in, in, in quote unquote, I don't like using the word failure, failure but yeah. mm-hmm. you know, there's such a value in losing, you know, like yeah. I was on a really great basketball team, made it to the final four in the state and we lost at the last second. And I can't say, I, I actually think losing that game was more beneficial to my life than winning that game because I go ahead. Oh, you just learn. You're like, Hey, yep. nothing is given. Anything can happen. And what are you going to do when, when you have to pick the pieces up? That's so much, I think there's so much more growth in that than like holding the trophy. Believe me, I, that would have been 
awesome. It would have been fucking awesome. It would have yeah, been yeah, fucking yeah. awesome. But yep. looking back, it formed me in a in a way that I think provided my uh, my soul or whatever a little bit thicker skin and just like right. okay, get back up and get ready for next season, dude. <laughs> you know. Well, I think with sports, you like like since you brought up sports, I I like to make analogies with sports and life a lot because while I'm not like the biggest sport, I have diehard fans. Like I am a diehard Knicks fan. Um, I am. I, that's about it at this point. Like I, I I like the Packers. Um, but other than that, I'm not big into like checking you know stats every day and blah blah yeah. blah and whatever. But I do think that especially when you get in, do you ever notice this with baseball? Baseball is fucking crazy. Um. You'll you'll be watching highlights for baseball, and they'll say uh, there were two triple plays uh, today in the uh, in the game between the Padres and the Orioles. Uh, the last time that happened, twenty three years ago to this day. Oh, and wow. what were the teams? The Padres and the Orioles. Oh, and I'm shit. like, what the fuck? Like yeah. that, when that happens, those moments, like there's nothing really. I'm not like a very religious guy. Like I, I'm yeah. not like you know. But when those things happen, those are the moments where I'm like. Oh, there it's not just us. It's gotta yeah. be something else because yeah. there's no way, or like the, the one that's happening now, as I get older is like, um, you know, say Barry Bonds has a kid or whatever. And it'll be like Barry Bonds jr. Homer twice today in the, uh, in the, the giants game. Cause he just happens to play for the giants. Cause sports <laughs> is fucking weird. Yeah. And then, and then he'll be like, the last time that happened was 18 years ago today by Barry Bonds. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? So I think that with sports, there's a lot of like life analogies or like weird life things you can take away from it. But what you were saying is I think that um, my comparison to that is, is that I, I say this all the time in basketball and the NBA, when you have a team and they go to the, like, they're going to suck, right? That's, that always happens. The team sucks, whatever. Yep. I'm a Kings then, fan. Okay, there you go. You know what I'm talking about. Then. So here's here's how the cycle of the Kings goes. If you if you and I can say this for every team. I'm not I'm not a Kings expert by any means. But if you go back and look, I guarantee you that this is this is the cycle that happened. The Kings sucked. Then they made it to the playoffs. They got bounced in the first round. Then they made it to the playoffs again. They probably went to either the um, the semifinals or to the to the Western Conference Finals. Yep. And then they would have went to the finals, right? Like yep. that's, that's the way it goes. It's very, 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 very fucking rare that a team comes in and just goes to the finals sure. or just go like, unless I mean, even you, Michael Jordan, you know, exactly. Right. He sucked in his first year. Yep. Like that, like he, like he, his team sucked in his first year. He was decent, but his team sucked in the first year. Yep. And, and that's what happens is you have to go through. There's another thing that I say in the NBA where you got to get your NBA body. Um, sure. if you come in from college and you come in in your first year, you might look great. You might look amazing, but at the end of the day, you still look like a boy. Like you don't look like a grown man. Once you hit that second year, you start to fill out a little bit more. You start to kind of look, look like a, like a grown man. Once you hit that third year in the NBA, that's what it seems to be is that third year you come in and, and fans will look at their favorite player from a team and be like, who the fuck is that? Like, the, like the guy all of a sudden added you know, yeah. 30 pounds, uh, shot up three inches. Like that's when you, so like, you can't expect to just come out the gates and, and be the number one, you know, the number one guy or whatever. Like you got to go through those bumps and all that. So I, I completely agree with you. I think it's a super important part. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, it, the, just to kind of go back to the, uh, this, you know, whether you call it synchronicities or whatever, mm -hmm. um, I got to bounce in like two minutes, but I'll, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll drop this. It literally happened to me last night. I, uh, so it's, it's, it's got this ongoing story. I, there was an old piece of crypto art I made in 2018 and 
I was going to look for it because I wanted to release it. Yep. And I couldn't find it. It was, it was on an old computer. I knew I had it because I'm a hoarder, but I didn't know exactly where it was. Mm-hmm. I looked through six different hard drives, two different towers, and I randomly was just looking around my room. I hadn't found it yet. I was like, where is it? You know, did I lose it? Right. And this little hard drive was sitting on my desk. And I plugged it in and, and there was it was a treasure trove in there. I was like, oh right. man. First of all, <laughs> super scary that I didn't have my shit like set up, but I found it, right? Right. So I was so happy. And I was like jumping around. It's like I literally found gold, right? Right. And so I had it and I, I was looking through the files and I was for some reason I had the hard drive with me mm-hmm. in the back of my head. And this thing always happens to me right before. It's always like, be careful with that hard drive. Or right. like, you better, you're going to lose did, that hard drive. Did you back like, up it, the it'll, backup? It'll flash in my brain. <laughs> and then I'll just keep, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. And then I literally couldn't find the hard drive. I lost it again. Right. And, and uh, the last three days, it was getting crazy. I was looking in places that I knew it would not be in. Right. And I had to like check it off the list. Yep. I came to peace with it at about midnight last night. I said, okay. This hard drive will be found. I'm going to go through my, my studio. You know, I have art supplies and shit everywhere. I'm like, I'm going to clean the place up, find that damn thing. Cause it's gotta be in there. And I just like took a deep breath. And I was like, it's going to be okay. I shit you not. Two seconds later, I look at the recliner I was sitting in and I see the end of oh. a USB. Like, yeah. you know, I was like, no, no. Like, and I'm getting chills telling you this. Right. And I literally bend down and it's just sitting there. Yep. And I'm waiting for you. It was waiting until I gave up yep. the the problem. Yep. Right. And I just came to peace and I was like, it's going to be okay. And instant it came back. And right. that was again, like the validation of, okay, get out of your own way. Everything's fine. You know? Right. And I, and I think that keeps coming up and, um, no, that's dope. It was no, just kind of a dope. magical thing I wanted to drop. Dr- no, it's dope. I'm it glad blew, it, uh, it really I'm... blew. And I went to, and I couldn't go to bed then, right? Because right. because <laughs> I've been waiting to see what was on. I was looking for some files in there too. Right. I was like, well, I'm not going to bed for a while now. So. Right now you're up, but that's no, a, that's up, a, but, that's um, a good reason to be up. It was. I was so um, happy. I slept. I slept so well that night. <laughs> Coley, just do me a favor. Um, before we get out of here, uh, two things. I want you to again just tell the people where they can get a hold of you and all that stuff. And then the yeah. other thing is, um, you just got to stick around after I uh, after I dip out because it's got to save the file, basically. Yeah, no problem. So just, yeah, uh, it's all good. But just uh, go ahead and give the people um, an idea of where they can get a hold of you and uh, follow you and all that kind of stuff. Sweet. And again, thanks again for having me. This was a blast. Oh, of course, Amen. man. You're welcome back here anytime. And hopefully, like I said, if you were serious about that linking up in the metaverse thing, yeah. I mean, sometimes people will say things on the no, show. No, no, and be no. Like, when yeah, I yeah. say things, I'm serious. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. and I know you're a busy guy and shit like that, so I'm not trying to take up your time. But, you know, if you're willing to show me around or whatever, I'm more than willing to jump in there and I'll, I'll get over this anxiety bullshit. And yep. We'll, we'll get yep. it we're, we're in this together, so we'll, we'll conquer I appreci- it. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, just hit me up. We'll, we'll do it next week. Okay, cool. Um, go yeah. ahead. Let the people know uh, yeah. where they can get a hold of you and all that stuff. Yeah. So, so again, um, my uh, my name is Coldy, uh, C O L D I E. I'm uh, most active on Twitter, uh, the same handle um, at Coldy, and um, my personal website is Coldy3D.com. Uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff on there. I also uh, sell physical art that's crypto related. Um, so yeah, just check it out. I do really Those interesting. Three D glasses, right? 
Yeah, 3D glasses and also with uh, lenticulars, which means there's a lens on top of the poster and it pops out at you without glasses. That's cool. You know what yeah, my, favorite, so, uh, my favorite horror movie is? What's that? Uh, Friday the 13th, part three. Is it a 3D, 3D version? Fuck yeah, it is. Hell yep. yeah. Dude, I'll, have to, I'll have to pick that up. I have it's, a 3D it TV. Is great. Lots, of, lots of pop moments, like lots okay. of uh, stuff popping at the screen and little corny shit and whatever, because it was during that time that. period, you know, but it's great. It is great. So go yeah, ahead. So check, yeah, check me out on Twitter um, or my website. And uh, yeah, my DMs are open, so I'm happy to, to chat it up. So, yeah. Oh, well, I'll be the first one to say I was a little bit, um, I was, I'm not going to say nervous or whatever, but I didn't really know how cold he was, uh, like how this was going to go because I, I didn't think it was going to go bad. But like I said, I'm, I feel very out of my, uh, my element sometimes with like this, this NFT stuff, but I'm starting to learn that I think everybody kind of feels that way right now. No, like yeah. Dude, I still feel that way and it's been three years. So don't worry. So I appreciate you taking the time to jump on here. Um, and especially, like I said, because I'm not an NFT show and shit like that, but anybody that's listening to this, if you're an artist, um, if you're a collector, uh, anything like that, if you got a story to tell, hit me up. I've said this from the beginning. I'm, I'm here to tell, help you tell that story. So, um, and give you a voice. Cause I want people to kind of get an idea of who you are, but, but like what Colty was saying, what, uh, what Colty was saying was that, um, he only got like a, like a few little seconds there to talk in the, in the midst of eight people or whatever. This gives people a little bit more time to, to kind of let things breathe a little bit. So, um, again, thank you, uh, to Colty for joining. Um, you can check us out uh, at Four Things uh, Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the website will be up soon. Um, I appreciate everybody for joining us on the uh, the third episode of the first season of Four Things. And stick around. We're, uh, we're going to be back. Thanks, y'all. You know, NFT, you really shouldn't be so down all the time. Why do you say that? Well... Look at the world of possibilities that people can do using your technology. I mean, if you uh, if you look here, right? You see this? Look at this thing right here. That doesn't look that fancy, though. I mean, it was made with your technology, though. I mean, it was basically it was basically you. I mean, I know it doesn't look fancy, but all right, here. How about how about this? We got one more. That, that this one might impress you a little bit more. This might get you to turn a little bit. It might be it might, it might get you on my side a little bit more. All right, check this one. Oh, that one's pretty cool. Yeah, that one's pretty cool, right? You should, uh, you know, maybe you should you should take a look around the internet a little bit more and uh, and see, but don't look too far because you never know what you're gonna find, right? What the fuck is the internet? That's you don't and you're an NFT and you don't know what the internet. It's okay because a lot of the internet doesn't seem to know what you are either. So I guess we're I guess we're working on it, right? Yeah, I guess. Well, NFT, um, I, I got I got one more for you. We'll uh, we'll we'll take a look at the uh, at that when we when we hit the next one. Okay, just sit okay. tight. All right. Yes, sir. Man, look. Oh boy. They don't even know who I am. Yes, sir. They gotta learn. You got to find out. They gotta learn. It's four things, baby. Four things. I'll spot it. Got lots of spots. Your girl wanna come play connect the dots. I'll spot it. Know who's in the spot? Sick with it, looking like chicken pox. I'll spot it. Last name Pippin. Stop. I gotta let it play. And I ain't tripping. I'll spot it. I ain't bullshitting. I'm a crypto punk.
All right. There you go. Man. I had to let the chorus run. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't uh, expecting that. I thought you had some theme music. You caught me I got guard the, there. You I got theme music. I got theme music, but I, 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 it is a special occasion. You know what I'm Man. saying? When I got... When I, I got special it. occasions, I gotta I gotta set people up right. You know what I'm saying? I, pr- I appreciate you, bro. You set the tone right there. I'm alert co- now. I'm ready. Of course, let's go. Um, this is uh this is four things. This is a podcast uh, about more than four things. This is uh, we talk about everything from music to comedy to crypto to NFTs to um, it's just podcasting to just everything. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a little bit of everything. And I will say this is the first and only podcast that infuses uh, NFT art with hip hop and, uh, and pop culture. Um, Dope. And that's it. And, and, and the fact is, is the guest actually knows a little bit about claiming, you know, what they are. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta claim what you are. Cause if you don't claim it, nobody's going to give it to you. So that's truth. What I'm going to say is uh, this is the way we do things around here is um, I I don't like to introduce the guests. I like the guests to introduce themselves because I feel like what happens is a lot of the times podcasters will go through, they'll give you a big ass story about the guest. And then by the time you get to the guest, you don't really give a fuck. So this Mm -hmm. is where I'm going to shut up. And, um, and I say to the guest, uh, guest, go ahead, let the people know who you are, what you do, why they may know you or why you would want them to know you. This is four things. All right. All right. Well, if you don't know, my name is Spotty Pippin, aka Spotty Wi-Fi, CryptoPunk5528. I am the best and only CryptoPunk rapper alive. You might know me. Claim it. Say it again, Spotty. Say, say it again. I said I am the best, the uh-huh. only CryptoPunk rapper alive. You might, you might know me from my metaverse smash. Banger, I'm Spotty. Don't make me You might know me. You might know me from the 8-bit remix, which we just dropped a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. You might know me from the theme song for the Punks comic from Pixel Vault, Beanie Let's, and the Crew. Shout out. Let's go. You might know me. Man, what else we got? You might know me from the Ethlings wearables drop that just came out Beautiful. last night, which is, uh, you know. This June 6th just came out. Cop those drops. Cop those star spot sneakers. Um, man, you might know me. Uh, you might know me from just I'm on the block, you know, in the metaverse, IRL, in the real world, physical meat verse. I'm flowing all through the, the dimensions, you know. So and Are if you, you don't know me, check me out, spottywifi.com. Are you the only crypto punk with the spots? Nah, bro. It's uh it's 124 of us. So spots. you got a gang. Yeah, but you know, my people, we've been like, we've been like downgraded. We've been like uh, in the shadows. You know, people don't really mess with us. Uh, people look down on us. Because you got the spots? Because we got the spots, you know. So mm. we've been underappreciated. But um, that's why I had to just kind of emerge and come up and, and let everybody know, like, we are exclusive. You know, everybody's talking about you know, rarity and exclusivity and whatnot. Um, and so I'm really here to represent that aspect of it where what people perceive as our biggest flaw can actually be our greatest strength if we just embrace it and own it, you know? I respect that. Um, how did, all right, so I gotta, I gotta ask, how did the, I guess, the creation of Spotty come about? How did, how did that happen? Just to go, just to go back to, I guess, the origins of Spotty, mm-hmm. like where... 
when when you're looking for a uh, a crypto punk when you're when you're figuring out were you gifted this crypto punk or were is this was this a chosen a chosen deal so like i've always been well, not always but i've been rapping for years okay right. since long before people knew me as a crypto punk i was mm-hmm. rapping and then i can vouch for this not to cut you off spotty but just to throw this out there real quick me and spotty this this goes. Uh, I, I guess I gotta. I gotta cut you off real quick because because yes, I got sir. the because the people gotta know this and and you, I think you know what I'm about to say and yep. I think you agree. Um, this goes to show how small the not really how small the universe I, I guess is, but how quick if you burn bridges and if you if you have shitty relationships with people because people talk people like to use the word community and and that kind of stuff a lot. I've noticed um, around right. NFTs and crypto and stuff, which is cool, but. If you are if you are in a community, what you do today will affect eight years from now, or nine years, or ten years from now, or whatever. It's it, it very is it's very possible that that could happen. True. And the reason why I say this could happen is because I was I was looking at having Spotty on the show because I saw what he was doing. This is obviously a hip hop show. This is a, a a crypto show. This is a whole bunch of different things. But that's why I wanted to have Spotty on is because he. He obviously dabbles in in hip hop shit and he dabbles in crypto shit. And I'm sure he dabbles in a whole bunch of other shit. And um, I followed him and I checked out what he was doing. And I was like, this is dope. And sometimes when I follow you, just to give a heads up to artists and people that are creatives and stuff. Sometimes when I follow you, I might not reach out to you right away and be like, yo, you got to be on the show. But I'm I'm watching. And like the chances are is I want you to be on the show, but I'm just looking for a spot or like I'm trying to no pun intended. I'm just right. trying to find a, a area for you to come in. So with Spotty, I wanted to, to hit him up, but it wasn't even about like, oh, you got to have something hot going on or whatever. It's just about like my schedule linking up with when I'm putting out segments and episodes. Right. This is a different kind of format. So long story short, my uh, my boy Eddie hits me up and he goes, yo, Spotty Wi-Fi is my boy. And, um, and I'm like, yeah, of course he is a fucking course he is. Cause that's Eddie. You know what I'm saying? Like Eddie knows fucking that's real. Eddie knows everybody. And, and just for, just for uh, a brief glimpse. And I've talked about this before a little bit on the show when I went into community with, uh, with, um, freehand profit, um, Eddie's part of the community that I know. Now this isn't a community that's like a crypto community. It's not a sneaker community. It's not a, it's not a rap community. It's like, we just crossed paths nine fucking years ago on Twitter. And okay. we just linked and like, we would just hit each other up and like he would, and I'm, I'm from outside of Chicago. He's from inside of Chicago. And when we first started talking, he'd be like, uh, you know, Oh, you're from Chicago. And I'm like, eh, I'm from outside Chicago. He's like, nah, fuck it. You're from Chicago. Like let's, let's roll. I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, man, I got you. That's definitely his voice. That's definitely yeah, what he would yeah, say. Yeah, he'll, yeah, he'll, yeah. Tell you, he'll tell you where you're from for sure. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, cool. Like that, like, let's do it, Eddie. So me and Eddie were cool ever since then. Now, since then, me and Eddie have hung out at South by Southwest. Um, I've slept on Eddie's couch. Uh, Eddie's, uh, I think Eddie slept on my couch, but his brother, Freddie might, I know Freddie uh-huh. slept on my couch, but I think Eddie did also. Um, this is like me, Eddie's like my little brother, bro. Like, th- like we go back and, and he's, like if Eddie says you're cool, you're cool. Like that's, that's all right. I really need to hear. Cause I, I know Eddie's Eddie's ingrained like that. So when he said to me, he's like, Oh, I know, I know uh, spotty. I was like, of course, you know, spotty. And he's like, yeah, we linked up at this recording session, like mad years ago it was before he was spotty, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. This is starting to make sense now. And you know, everything started to click. And then he's like, yeah, I met him at like a Freddie Gibbs show or something like that. Like blah, blah, blah. I'm that's like, so Oh, funny. I'm I like, yo, love- go ahead. I, I would love to hear from Eddie how he remembers us meeting because I don't even know how we met, to be honest with you. He said, know, he like, said, 
his story was that you were um, at a show, a Freddie Gibbs show, and you were talking about like the like um, a, a member of like the band, like the the brass section or some shit. You were like this brass section's hitting or some shit like that. And Eddie was like, okay. "Yo, you're you're at the show," and he's like, "Yo, let's link up." And that sounds perfectly like Eddie. And then yeah. um, I guess you guys linked up, and then from there, you know, you guys have been cool or whatever. So I bet I know. I think I, I think that was at Reggie's actually. I think I that know the show. I I I, I remember sense. that show, but I don't remember meeting Eddie there. But I mm-hmm. believe it. Um, but no, Ed, Eddie and I like, uh, you know, I I used to back when I used to leave the metaverse, and and, and I used to spend a lot of time in Chicago, yep. and so went to a lot of shows. Um, and so I just, yeah, basically just knew Eddie from shows and then he and I were both, uh, if I remember right, he, he's, he, I love karaoke and he, he, I remember we did some rap karaoke together. That sounds like, um, you know, we used, uh, we used to smoke together. Um, and then Twitter and then Twitter, once Twitter took off, it was like, Eddie was like a force, you know, and everybody, Oh yeah, you you just kind of like, you had to just keep your head low and laugh the sweets, but not get too close, you know? And, Eddie for um, a minute was a psycho on Twitter <laughs> for a minute. Eddie was an absolute psycho on Twitter where, where the, he would say things. And I'd be like, I don't know if he's saying this is like, as like part of a, like, like a gimmick or if he really is like this. And then when I met totally. him, he's one of the coolest cats ever. And you're just like, Oh, he's, it's not a gimmick, but he, he does say some wild shit. Like he, he has Super no wild. filter. No, he's super wild, but um, also like one of those guys that'll check in on you all you the know, time, and, and um, just a really genuine dude. Yep. And so you know, we might not talk all the time, but when we do talk, it's like you know we're checking in on each other. Lately, he he'll hit me up. You know, we'll talk about NFTs. Like, oh, you should look into this. You should mm-hmm. check this out. Um, and so yeah, it's been cool like reconnecting with him. And what's funny is, I. I've been following you and I don't, I don't know how long, but I saw yeah. you tweeting, like kind of, kind of puffing your chest out, talking, talking your talk about how you were getting the show, you know, yep. up and, and I was like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. And, and, and you were saying things like, you know, like, don't act like you don't know. Cause I'm letting you know about the show that, that is, that I'm putting it on right now. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay, he's talking to somebody just like me. Like I, I should be talking to him about his, about his show. Um, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to get out there and, and, um, introduce myself to folks. And then literally like in that same period of time, in that same period of time, I started getting, I got a message from Eddie that was like, yo, my boy GM wants to, wants to holler at you. I was like, of course this perfect. The universe just like set it up basically. Yeah, man. My thing is, um, with this show, uh, just to give everybody the history, I guess, because Spotty, I don't know if how much you've checked into the show before you, before you jumped on or whatever. I don't, I don't ever take offense by the way, if somebody doesn't get a chance to check out the show, because as of right now it's eight hours or whatever. And I understand the eight hours of somebody's day is a lot of time. So I don't expect everybody to check up what's going on and shit like that. The fact is, is, is you see it at the surface, you know, you know, Eddie, I, you know, we're cool, whatever. Like I get it. But what I'm saying is, is, uh, just to give you a heads up, because um, you because you saw the, the shit that I was talking, and I have a reason to talk my shit. Like this is right. this is what I was trying to say is like I've been in this shit long enough to realize that if you don't talk your shit and you don't claim shit, people will roll over you and act like you did not exist and take your right. whole existence, your 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 face, everything about like if Spotty wasn't out here talking about yo, I'm the first crypto rapper, I'm the best crypto rapper, like fuck yep. with me, blah blah blah, then then somebody else is gonna go and get a Spotty uh 
you know, uh, crypto. And then he's going right. to be like, yo, I'm the first rapper. I'm blah, blah, blah. And if, and then Spotty has to be like, yo, all right, now I got to check him. Now I got to, I got to say to him like, yo, I'm no, 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 you're not the first or, right. um, you just got to roll with it and you just got to take your lumps and be like, yeah, I guess I got to find another player or whatever. I'm tired of finding another place. You know what I'm saying? Like right. this has been going on too fucking long where I come up with an idea or I come up with momentum or whatever, and then shit kind of shifts. And then all of a sudden people look at me like, yeah, but you didn't, you didn't really start that. So right, I'm, right. let me explain to everybody. Now, here's the thing. I didn't, I didn't invent podcasting. This goes back to that thing like with art where, where somebody, um, Ron English is a, is a pop culture artist. He puts a grin on different characters and shit like that. And, and that's what his thing is, is he puts a, a grin on different characters. So he'll take like a Bart Simpson, put a grin on it. He'll take a Mickey, put a grin on it. Now, if somebody else takes something and starts, if you take a Mickey and you put something else on it, or you put something on it. Now you're not ripping off what Ron English is doing. Cause you're doing your own thing. You're putting something on it or whatever. Ron English didn't create putting something on a pop culture character or whatever. If you put a grin on it, that's where you're taking the shit. You know what I mean? Like that's where you are taking his, his thing. So I don't think I invented podcasting, but what I do think is if you go back five years ago, like I said, if you go to the Instagram page and you check out the four things podcast, Instagram page, um, you will see that five years ago I was posting and, and, and all that about the podcast we were doing the podcast network that I had the, the different shows that were on the network. Um, the blind box was our main show. That was the show that we had over 200 segments. Um, We had two seasons of it and we had multiple artists on the show. They were traditional artists more than they were digital artists, but that's because digital artists didn't really, they were on DeviantArt at the time. You know what I mean? Like they weren't Mm -hmm. really out there as much as right now. Right now you can find digital artists all over the place to fill your show if you want to. So when we started the show, me and my boy Catfish, we were friends. Uh, We met about the same time in the same way as me, as uh, me and Eddie did. Me and Catfish said, hey, uh, these conversations that we have on this Xbox Live are, uh, are pretty funny. We should we should figure out a way to like record these and put them out for people because, you know, our people might fuck with them. We didn't think about right. the world. We thought about our people like we like Eddie and shit like that. And Eddie was right. one of the first guests that we had on the show when we started having guests on the show. That's so. Dope. So when we had the, the, the podcast, Catfish is from a different background than I'm from. Um, he's a black dude. I'm a white dude. He went to Notre Dame. He was one of the only black people that went to Notre Dame at the time. Um, I've never went to college. I'm, I'm, it, we, are, we are very different in, in very like kind of like the perfect ways. You know what I mean? Like a yin and yang type of way. We fill each other's right. spots or whatever. So as we started to do the show, I'll never forget it, bro. We had the first time we had somebody hit us up, Max Minnelli. Shout out to Max. Uh, he's a rapper out of Houston. And he hit up Fish and was like, yo, when are you going to have me on the show? And Fish hit me up and he was like, yo, Max Minnelli wants to be on the show. And I was like, that's cool. But what the fuck are we going to talk to him about? Like, we don't talk to people on the show. I'm not an interviewer. I'm a fucking rapper. Like, I've been rapping since I was 16 years old. And okay. then we started this podcast. So, like, and, and at 33 years old or whatever, like, what, like, what am I going to ask another rapper? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, right. what the fuck do I care? No, no offense to Max, but people, I mean, I've talked about this before on the other show. So, so. I look at it as like, like I had a, I had a a very specific decision to make at that time where I said, we can not have Max on the show or I, I, and I can handle it like a normal podcast. Like, Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the blind box. Uh, Our guest today is Max Minnelli. Max has multiple albums out and he's done songs with a little flip and you know what I mean? I didn't want to do that shit. I was like, nobody wants to hear that. That's boring. Like, like 
it just sounds boring. And that wasn't even when a lot of podcasts were out. It was just sounded boring. So I was like, yeah, let's have Max on. Let's see how this goes. So we had Max on. And the thing that I did in preparation for having Max on was I went on YouTube and I typed in Max Manelli. And I would, I saw like seven videos by Max that were in like high definition, good quality, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Then I see one video that's, that's uploaded by a user, like a YouTube user. And I'm like, Hmm, I'll check this out. So I push play on it for the first <clears throat> minute and a half of the video. It's all pictures of Max Manelli, just him ch- hanging out by his car, just chilling, you know, on the block in Houston, whatever. All of a sudden it gets to a minute and 42 seconds and I'll never forget it. A black screen pops up and it says, well, that's all the pictures I got of Max Manelli. So here goes these. And bro, it's all pictures of memes before there were memes where like, it's like people, like somebody typing in a, into Google, like Paris Hilton is. And then like underneath that, it says like Paris Hilton is a dumb cunt. Paris Hilton is a whore, you know, whatever, like that screenshotted, um, big duty in like 10 cheeseburgers at like a food eating competition, just random shit, just the most random shit. And I'm like, yo, I wonder if Max knows about this. And this is where I realized like, maybe I got a spot in this fucking game. Like maybe, maybe this is maybe I can do this. I was like, I wonder if Max has seen this video. So I was like, yo, fuck it. When we have Max on, I'm going to have him go through the process of pulling up the, uh, the thing. Now, Spotty, this all goes back to like when I played the intro for you, you know what I'm saying? Like these are things that I, I prep in different ways. I don't sit down and, and write down, you know, 20 questions to ask the guests or whatever. I try to be more creative than that. I try to put some thought into it or whatever and and kind of make it fun. So, So we had Max on. I said, Max, I noticed that you have a lot of videos on YouTube, bro. And he's like, yeah, man, I got, I got some videos on there. And I'm like, I got one that I don't think you've seen on there, but it's a view. (laughs) And he's like, right. Oh, word. And I'm like, yeah. Do you have a computer around you? He's like, I mean, it's upstairs, but I could go to it. And I'm like, no, you don't have to do all that. He's like, no, I'll go to it. I'll go to it. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, that's when I realized I got some power. You know what I'm saying? Like I can, I, I can, I can have people do some things on the, on the air and it can be fun. You know what I mean? Right. So, so he's like, Oh no, I'll go up there. I'm like, all right, bet. He goes up, he turns on the computer, goes to YouTube. I tell him about the video. I say, all right, I need you to do me a favor, go up to a minute and 40 seconds. And then when I want you to push play, when you go to push play, there's going to be a screen that pops up. When that screen pops up, I need you to pause it. He goes, okay, cool. And I go, then I need you to read me what you see on the screen. He goes, okay. So he pushes play and then I, and then Stop. You go, oh yeah, that's, that's me and my whip. Oh yeah. I remember having that whip. That shit was dope. Hold on. Uh, these are all the pictures that I have of Max Manelli. <laughs> so here goes the, oh shit. And, 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 and I go, okay, Max, let it play. And he plays it and you just hear him dying laughing. Like he's like, yo, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, I don't know, man, but it's got 47,000 views on it. I figured you wow. should be one of those fucking views. You know what I right. mean? Like this, this person made it for you. And he's like, nah, man, shout out to this person. This, this is dope as shit, blah, blah, blah. Like he was cool as fuck, but like, that's something that like, he never even knew existed on the fucking internet of his own shit. And we were able to bring that to him in the first episode we ever had a guest on. And from that's there, awesome. I was like, yo, we can do something with this. So then we yeah. would start having people on. We'd have hip hop guests on. Fish is really big into hip hop. I'm really big into hip hop. The problem was hip hop guests weren't always jumping to be on our show because our show was called The Blind Box. It wasn't a hip hop show. It was a show about everything. So we had to explain mm-hmm. that to them. So we'd get them on or whatever. And then I would, and then I would start collecting art. 
now this is this is where I get into the digital art stuff. So if you're listening again, I'm not trying to go on a tangent. I'm just trying to fill not not just the listeners, but Spotty also. I want you to kind of know what you're getting into or whatever and and kind of see where I'm coming from. Um, kind of like a G check, I guess, if you will. So this is a. I get into I get into the art stuff by a lot of uh, a lot of kid robot stuff. So I get into like a lot of nice. dunnies and stuff like that, like a lot of the traditional physical kind of art stuff. And I start collecting a lot of that stuff. Um, I start to learn a lot about about that world. But I realize that they don't have any voice. Like they they don't have a, a TV station for them to go on. They don't have a radio station for them to go on. They don't have an internet station for them to go on. Yo, why don't we just have them on the show? Like, just have them on the show and talk to them. We right. won't sit there and talk to them about their art for fucking hours and, and whatever. And again, be the normal, boring art podcast. We'll just have them on and have fun. So, like, there's a there's an artist out of um out of Massachusetts named MCA Evil Design, and and he does uh, MCA Design. He does he does a bunch of different things, and and I'm a fan of his work. So we had him on, and I I learned before that that he was a Pee Wee Herman fan. So I told my boy, my boy doesn't mean he Pee Wee Herman. Like, like he doesn't mean Pee Wee Herman. He loves it. He does it all the time. I have to listen to it all the fucking time for 20 years that I've been friends with this guy. My, my boy Fuse doesn't mean Pee Wee Herman. So I, I called wow. him up and I'm like, yo, Fuse, you want to call up as Pee Wee Herman? He's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? So we had, uh, we had MCA on, we're talking to him. I'm like, yo, MCA, we got a, uh, we got somebody who wants to talk to you. And he's like, who's that? And I'm like, here we go. And we bring him into the call. He's like, Hey, MCA, what's going on, man? And, uh, and he's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I heard you were a big Pee Wee Herman fan. Like that's where he got his inspiration for like his main character or whatever. And I was like, you can, you know, and he's like, uh, Pee Wee, what's going on, man? You know? And, And so they had a conversation and shit and he's like, this is so fucked up. Like, this is crazy. And that's the type of fun stuff that we would do. So when, the show uh eventually fish left the show we didn't we still we're still cool to this day we still talk and shit like that um but the fact is is he uh he left the show and um he didn't want to do the show anymore and i stopped doing the show i just stopped doing shit in general and then um and then i uh i decided after the last four years of stepping away from podcasting and all of a sudden now everything's fucking podcast everybody has a voice everything's clubhouse everything's my thing is Y'all, not everybody can do this. Not everybody can do this. It's not just the talking thing. It's the creative aspect. So when you listen to the show, you hear the skits and the bits and all that stuff. We're going to get into that in a little bit. But when you hear all the skits and bits and stuff, there's a whole world that I'm trying to create here. And so when you saw me pop in that shit where I was like, yo, this is just the beginning and blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you, bro, this is just the beginning. Like all I have to do, somebody earlier told me, I, I said that I wanted to get a, um, a kid eight piece, uh, from, from, um, hick and tongue, hick, hick and tongue. Uh, I want to get yeah, a kitty. I exactly. I, I want to get a, nobody knows. I want to get a uh, thank you. I've tried multiple times. Like this is terrible. Um, I tried to get a kitty, a kid eight piece from there. And I was like, ah, shit. Um, I'm going to have to get my money up or whatever. I was like, it's a problem. And somebody replied to me and said, just sell a kidney. And I was like, you know what? That's really funny. But the best analogy that I could give you is this podcast is the fucking kidney. I'm just mm. waiting for somebody to take this shit out of my body at this point. Once somebody comes along and realizes what I'm doing here and realizes the potential of what I'm doing and doesn't just see it as, oh, that's a podcast where he doesn't even know what the fuck he's, he talks to everybody. He talks to anybody, blah, blah, blah. Nah, man. Nope. I've given NFT artists four out of eight slots on this, on this podcast to jump this shit off. And it's not because 
I need NFT artists. Now, don't get me right. wrong. I fuck with y'all. I appreciate y'all. But y'all got to realize I did this for 200 segments. I can go out and find whoever the fuck I want to be on the show and we can rock with it. I don't want to do that. I want to have y'all on the show right now because I see what y'all are doing and I appreciate it. And I think other people should appreciate that shit too. But if they're not going to appreciate it or if the artists themselves aren't going to appreciate it enough to come on the show and push the NFT community and do it themselves, I'm not going to sit here and promo this shit until I'm blue in the face while people are, what's your, what's your normal, what's your normal gig, uh, um, spotty. My normal gig, man. Um, yeah, outside the metaverse. So I, I work. Uh, I, I work outside of the metaverse. I actually just quit my meatverse job. I tweeted a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, but I work in. I'm a creative dude, you know. So I, I work in marketing and trying to help, trying to help companies sell their shit. You know? mm-hmm. But no. um, that's a rough, you know. It, it can be. It can be a soul sucking thing, you know. That's why right. music, music has for a long time been kind of my outlet. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm a free agent right now, you know, so <laughs> I'm looking. So, um, yes, sir. Well, that's, I just, I, the reason why I asked is because I think Eddie mentioned it to me, so I'm not trying to gaslight here, but I was asking because, um, I, uh, I feel like a lot of people that I've seen so far in the NFT universe, and you can, you can chime in on this if you'd like, especially cause you have experience in this area. Um, I've noticed a lot of people need some PR coaching, bro. Man, well, how do I want to hear what, in what direction do you mean? Because I, I think a lot of people in this thing need a lot of help. But, but what do so, you mean by that? My issue is this. Um, I've never believed in pushing product to people that that already use your product. And I understand oh, that I you saw- got to. Okay. Okay. I, I think I saw you tweeting up. Were you the, were you the one tweeting about like, you know, basically like saying, bringing sand to the beach. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but like, you know, why would you go to a conference to, 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 to sell your shit to people that are to sell? T- why are you going to sell Tupperware to people that are selling Rubbermaid? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't say any of this, but, but I agree with this. Like, this is definitely my line of thinking is like, like, look at, I'm from outside of the NFT community in the NFT universe. Now, now that doesn't mean that I, I don't fuck with, the NFT community or the, cause obviously I do, if I didn't, then I wouldn't have the, the, right. the guests on that I've had on. I wouldn't be following people the way that I've been following people over the last few weeks. Like I was saying, I followed you and blah, blah, blah. I'm not just reaching out to you saying, yo, do you want to be on the show? And then just not following you or not keeping up with what you're doing. Right. I'm tapping the For fuck sure. in, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm learning, sure. like I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, but I can only figure it out as much as somebody else helps me figure it out or as, as much yeah. as somebody wants to include me and especially as media now going outside of, um, outside of the NFT stuff, we had somebody on the podcast for the hip hop shit and we had him on and everything was cool, blah, blah, blah. We, we actually worked with him outside of the show. Like did a, did a, a live, like a performance or in-person type of thing. Everything was cool. And then all of a sudden I get a, a message from him where he's like, yo, you can buy my CD at blah, 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 blah. I just dropped it. Check it out. Um, appreciate it, whatever. And I'm like, hold on a second. You want me to talk about you on the show. You want me to have you on the show. You want me to do all this shit, which is fine. Right. I understand that that's part of my thing, but you can't even just give me an, an advanced copy or something like that to check right, out. Right, like, right. so that I can at least see even so even with NFT shit, 
if you don't want to send me the NFT or if you don't want to give me a free copy of something like, like say with the, uh, with the crypto punks thing, I understand if you, if you don't want to give me a free, even though I see them giving out free copies like a motherfucker now, but if you don't want to give me a free copy, that's fine. Send me some screenshots or some shit of what you got going on. So I can at least talk about it and plug it the proper way. Cause if I don't know about it, if if I'm not getting some kind of a promo pack or something like that, and I got to join your discord, I got to go to your website. I got to do all that shit. It's going to get to a point where I'm not going to give a fuck anymore, man. Like I'm going to look at it and I'm just going to be like, why am I doing all this work for this right. when I could be doing so, it for something else? Man, my, my take is like this NFT space is, is a crazy mix right now because you have like, you have art kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, who are like not, I, I'm going to, I'm going to paint with a broad brush here. Okay. But you have like, you have one bucket of art kids who maybe aren't great marketers. Okay. Most of them, most right. people aren't, most people are not great marketers and most artists are not great business people. You know? Exactly. When you meet somebody that's both, that's like, that's, that's when you see, you see the, 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 the magic, right. Right. Um, a lot of the time or they, or they have somebody around them that, that mm-hmm. helps them, you know, complement their skills. That's so what have, I need for here. That's so you, ha- you have the artists, you have, the tech bros, okay. Yep. The tech I need bros. That at the show too. <laughs> I, I need some tech. <laughs> hey, holler at me, you know. I need some. I need Chad, some tech shit. Size too, Chad, man. you know Chad, whatever your name is. Um, somebody holler at me. But so you, and then you have, um, and then you have the the collectors. You know, you have like the the um, you have like traditional finance bros. You have traditional tech bros, and then you have like the crypto bros. So it's just an it's just a crazy mix, and um. Uh, every, uh, everybody, 99% of people are experimenting, right? right? Like there's, there's very few people that are like, I don't want to say very few, but, but most of the people, cause, cause it's, it's becoming saturated. Most of the people are experimenting to an extent, either you're a savant artist, a skilled, you know, experienced artist, and you're experimenting with crypto and DeFi and NFTs or you've been in the NFT game for three years and you're starting to, you know, draw some, you know, provocative penguins or whatever the fuck you're, you're putting right. on a little eight and a half by 11 and minting. Right. Um, or, you know, or some, some combination. So all of that to say, all of that to say that like, yes, man, a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of artists do need help, you know, with their marketing, with their PR, a lot of artists. And I, I, I mean, I try to help, I have an artist that I was trying to help um, before I really uh, before I put out I'm Spotty, right? And the artists artists can be very precious with their work, right? And they mm-hmm. don't that feeling of like um, it's almost like if you if you have a gallery show, right? If you have a if you have a I don't I don't know if that's the the right comparison, but basically that feeling of like you put a piece of art out there and you're waiting for somebody to bid and it doesn't come in the first day and, and you don't get a bid in the first week and then a couple weeks go by like you get angsty. That's a vulnerable, anxious feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. And um yep. and artists like yeah, so anyways, artists aren't always good at marketing themselves and like, you know, War- Andy Warhol, he had a quote, I'm going to butcher it, but basically saying, you know, business is art and good business is the best art, you know? And, and that's right. what a lot of, a lot of artists I think forget is that there is a craft to, to being, being uh PRable, being memorable, being marketable. Like you can call it selling out, you can call it whatever you want, but like 
is your art going to impact anyone if if you're not able to get if people it out don't to see people? it mm-hmm. and so and then then in the nft game i feel like the nft game is so nascent everybody's trying to for the most part like everybody's trying to be marketable or whatever by being buddy buddy with everybody and yep. like oh your that's, work the, is that's so, the community thing your your work is so amazing and like mm-hmm. oh your uh your designs are are incredible and like oh man it's really cool how you hijacked this person's work and they right. stole, the, stole their intellectual <laughs> property and like oh man it's really cool that those shoes cost ten thousand dollars <laughs> i'm right. like i'm like no fuck that because honestly um all of this is so nascent i'm not trying to like i, I like you said yeah, yeah, you can't just go around burning bridges and stuff. But I know, mm-hmm. I know my reputation is solid. It was solid before I was spotty. It's going to be solid after. So um, that's how I'm, that's how I feel. That go, goes back to what I was just saying. You know, for the last twenty minutes, I guess is that's exactly how I feel, and that's why I can talk the shit I talk. You know what I mean? Right. No, because no, you yeah, have I those eddies that. out there. I, I felt you know? that because you know what? I've I've been I pissed people off. I pissed off enough people in my life. And then found out, found out after the fact, oh yeah, confirmation, you were right. <laughs> you know, like that thing, yep. that thing you were, you, you thought was bullshit. It, it, it was bullshit. And all yep. those people, all those people that were following trends, they were just following trends or whatever. So that's why like, yes, I agree with you. Like you have to be able to, uh, when you know, when you know you have, when you know you're bringing value, sometimes you have to be your own evangelist and you have to, you have to shout it from the mountaintop because nobody's nobody's looking around for like, Oh, I wonder what would be a good podcast for me to start uh, sharing with my friends. Like, no, right. Nobody, nobody's looking around like, Oh, I wonder, wonder who would be a good rapper for me to like, um, you know, start uh, tweeting about. No, I I gotta, I gotta be loud and I gotta, I gotta tell you and remind you and hit you upside the head because otherwise you're going to fall for some of this other bullshit that I see you already falling for. And that's, and that's the biggest thing is that when you have a good idea with it or whatever, and you know, you have something like, I know I have something here. Like, I know it, I'm positive. And the fact is, is if this thing works out the way that I, the way that I plan for it to, or the way that I'm, you know, the way that I'm trying to line it up and all that is that, um, y'all are going to have to get used to me because you're going to have to, cause I'm going to be the guy that when they have a, a cool crypto guy on to talk about or whatever, I'm going to be that guy. Like, I'm like, there. Yeah. Too many of these guys, when they have a crypto person on, it's always a, like no and no disrespect to the nerds out there because I, I I fuck with, I'm staring at a wall of comics right now like I I can be very nerdy, but nobody wants to hear that shit on a on a show on a podcast or on a interview or whatever. There's only so much that you want to hear the politically correct answers to everything or the, just even just the the candor of of somebody that goes on a show like that. I'm not going to do that. And and I hope that y'all appreciate it. I hope that everybody looks at that and says, no, that's the guy that I want on my show to represent NFTs or to talk about crypto or whatever, because I might not know everything, but I'm willing to learn it. I'm a smart dude. I can figure it out and I can use my mouth. So therefore let's, let's, let's get it. Like, let's do this. You know what I mean? I'm here. Well, it's like we we can't just be talking to ourselves the whole time, right? And at the end of the day, the outside world is looking in and they're skeptical anyways. So mm-hmm. we can't just be giving everybody a free pass. You have to you have to be skeptical to an extent. And also yep. you don't have to know everything because the outside world doesn't even know what, what the hell we're talking about on the most fundamental level. So um, almost, you know, having the ability to take complex, cons- you know, uh, complicated concepts and translate them into layman terms 
that's actually a huge asset, you know, I think for you and for me, because we sometimes find ourselves in just a bubble or a feedback loop where everybody's talking about like, you know, ERC 721 versus this other format, you know, like, it's like, man, shut the fuck up. Nobody cares. What problem is, what problem is is it solving or what problem is it not solving? And then is, is your idea dope? Because if it isn't, it, it isn't, nobody cares. Yep. And there's, and there's definitely people out there that are tech people that care. And I get that, that they're, that they exist, but yes, for not sure. everybody, not everybody's though are those people by any means. And the other thing is like, just to give everybody a glimpse, uh, we have a, com- a segment coming up, um, with Harold Bingo, who is a, uh, he's a, he's a hip hop dude. He's a hip hop dude on Twitter. He's been around Twi- uh, hip hop Twitter or whatever for the last fucking, you know, five years, six, seven years or whatever. Um, he doesn't know what, like I asked him, I said, uh, I said, what do you think about NFTs? He said, honestly, bro, I don't even know what the fuck they are. And I'm like, all right. So then I broke it down to him a little bit and I explained it to him a little and like, we kind of got into it a little bit. And then even at the end, he goes, yeah, it sounds like some futuristic shit. And, and I had explained to him like, yo, Harold, that's not futuristic. It's now like this shit's happening now. And if you don't get in now, then you're going to be left on the outside of it. And that's where it's going to be really fucking confusing, you know? And he's right. like, yeah, I get. And I'm like, so people have to understand that the approach that I'm taking is when I have a, a hip hop guest on the show, I'm not just talking to them about rap shit the whole time, or I'm not just talking to them about hip hop the whole time. We talk about everything. And there's a good chance that I could say to them, like, yo, have you seen these, uh, these crypto punk, uh, uh, comics? You're, you, I know you fuck with comics. I know you don't really fuck with NFTs, but have you seen these crypto punk comics? And then they say, no, I haven't seen them. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Then I send them a link just like I did with Max Minnelli. And then they bring it up and they go, Oh, these are fucking dope. If I knew that I could buy these as a, as an NFT, I would, I would probably support NFTs more or whatever. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. But then the problem is when I send them to the website and they go to click to, to link a, a wallet, it, it doesn't, it doesn't give them a pop-up to say you need X wallet or you need Z wallet or whatever. So then they get frustrated and then they don't want right. to fucking sign up for it anymore. Like there's these little things about the experience right now that are, that are frustrating. And that's what I'm trying to be here for is the people that have those frustrations that are trying to figure it out or have any kind of interest at all. If I can pull them into what I think is important in the art world, which right now mm-hmm. I think is NFTs then I'm going to do that. That I don't have to be a part of a community to do that. You know what I mean? Like if y'all want to embrace me as part of your community, I'm fucking here, man. Like what you said, I'm a free agent. You know what I mean? Like holler at me. I'm yeah, cool. Yeah, but that's, you're by default, you're part of the community, right? I guess but so by, now. By, by yeah. default, like it's not like the, the community, the community is not some like gated, uh, gated country club, you know, where you have to have a password or like a membership card to get in. Isn't like, that how it feels though now with like the crypto punks and the apes and like, like I don't own a crypto uh, punk. I don't own an ape. I don't own a me bit. Um, I don't I mean, own a, what are those? How do you pronounce that? Um, the AT, the, the Etlings, uh, Oh, Ethlings. Yeah. Ethlings. Okay. I, I think that, um, I think I definitely think it can feel like that. For right. sure, for sure, it can feel like that, but uh, the community to me is not some like solid object. The community to me is like it's an uh, it's like an uh, a flowing thing, right? And right, it's, there's a whole ecosystem, and um, you know, this guy he gets a lot of he gets he gets uh, talked down about a lot. Uh, I, I don't even want to mention his name, but it's like like a crypto YouTuber. Um, he had this analogy talking about like you know, during the gold rush, 
like the old school gold rush, you know, when people were yeah, headed yeah. out west and stuff. Um, everybody didn't everybody didn't be part of the gold rush by mining. Everybody mm-hmm. was not a miner. You know, there were some people who like stood on the side of the road and they would they would sell you shovels, you know, right. or like there were people who like they could fix your covered wagon if it broke down and shit like right. that, you know. So to me, it's like that's the if you're if you're a part of if you're if you're advancing this whole uh, movement in any way, it doesn't mean you have to own a punk or an ape or whatever the hot flavor of the month is. Um, if you are interested in it and you're and you're using your skills and your talents and your experience to build something based on how it inspires you, right. then you are part of the community. And anybody that doesn't value that can can kick rocks. You know, like that that is as valuable as somebody uh, being a market maker or being a whale or being right. a developer or whatever. We need those people too. And when I say like, you know, I don't want to hear about your ERC and your techno babble, I'm not downgrading those people. We need those people, right? Those right. people are are maybe the heart of the whole thing. But I'm just saying like people like you and me are here to remind people that there's an outside world that has legitimate questions and um, misunderstandings and every once in a while, also, we got to smack somebody around on Twitter for being a dumbass and selling some bullshit. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's kind of how we really linked was I followed you for, for a few days. And then I saw you call out that bullshit Kobe uh, auction. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I fuck with this guy like this. Like, because it's not like you were I saw somebody um, try to try to say, like, oh, here goes Spotty again, causing problems. But like he wasn't out of line on this, like. I, Spotty, if you nah, want to explain bro. what happened, you can you can explain. I just looked at it as like I'm like, no, nah, this he's right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's right. I'm uh, I'll 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 just say that there's there's a lot of um, people ripping people off, people ripping off other people's art, other people's name, other people's intellectual property, and stuff like that in this right. NFT world. You can go to OpenSea right now, and you can look up you know people selling sketches of disney characters or you know people selling knockoff punks you know right and this is where i could get in trouble because some of these some of these pro some of these quote unquote projects have like ravenous followings people who really think like oh this is a legit project like it's not a anyways so anyways somebody somebody out there they decided they decided man you know it would be a really good idea (laughs) we should sell some kobe shoes it's like, dude, why didn't anyone think of that? That's fucking, <laughs> that's fucking genius. The guy was like, the guy was like a superstar. Man, yeah, you guys, you guys have the idea. You should, you should do that. You should just sell Kobe shoes. So, so they decided, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll hire this artist who, uh, who once designed a Kobe shoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, by the way, bro, if you work at Nike. Mm-hmm. Or if you work at Adidas mm-hmm. and you design something as part of your job working for Nike or working for Adidas, yeah, yeah. you do not own that. Okay. No, unless <laughs> like, it's in your contract, you don't own it. You do not own that. I guarantee you they're not putting that in anybody's contract. Nobody's yep. getting that contract. Nobody. Yep. Like, that's like, that's like if you work at McDonald's and they come out with a new 
flavor of the shamrock shake and you are the first employee that makes it, you don't <laughs> you own know. the recipe for the shamrock shake. You know what I mean? So I anyways, exactly what you mean. these people decided, here's what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to hire this dude who once worked on a Kobe shoe and, and that'll be our ticket to selling a shoe that we're going to call basically call the Kobe shoe. We'll call it the, right. the meta Kobe. Right. And then somehow not only did they do this, somehow it got put on auction from a 300 year old, the most prestigious auction house in the galaxy decided, right. decided, Oh man, these guys are onto something with their Kobe idea, you know? <laughs> and by the way, it wasn't, it wasn't a physical shoe. It was just a picture of a fucking ugly shoe. Uh, By the um, way, a, a Kobe shoe is such a good idea that both Adidas and Nike had that idea. It's such, <laughs> a, it's, <laughs> it's such a good, it's such a fucking good idea that a couple months after he, after he died in a tragic helicopter crash just barely a year ago, it's such a good idea that his family uh, pulled out of their, you know, they, they did not renew their, they're not signed with Nike or Adidas. They, 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 they did not choose to sign new deals. They decided to remain independent and they filed a bunch of trademarks for a bunch of names, including the name Kobe Bryant right. and the names Mambasita and Mamba and Mambasita and all this shit. That's how good of a fucking idea it was. Right. And anyways, these dudes decided we're just going to sell a shoe called the Metacobi and um, nobody will realize, nobody will even <laughs> ask us. And how, how fucking dare how anyone dare ask us? Ask? How, how dare, dare you, you yeah. invade the privacy of yeah. the mourning Bryant family by yeah. asking if we got their permission to yeah. sell a Kobe sneaker? Because obviously is, you would think that we did. Because <laughs> obviously if you're asking that, you're disrespecting everyone involved. Yeah. This is literally the stance that these people took. And, um, you know, I don't have the biggest social media following, but I was the first one to, to start questioning this. And people came at me like, uh, you know, like, like I was in the wrong for, for, and all I did was ask a question. I did not assume, I was very careful not to assume that they did not ask the family. In fact, my first tweet said something like, I know damn well, you must have gotten the family's permission, right? And you well, must have cut them in on this deal. We're in a we're in a day and age of like I was saying with like gaslighting and shit. Where like a lot of times people ask questions and they and they you know they're they're not really asking for an answer. They're not really you know they're just they're just trying to set themselves up for like a for like the haymaker follow response or whatever. So I think that's where people might have like might have looked at your you know reaction to it and been like, oh, you're just you know you're just causing problems or whatever. Um, you, but like you, I said. You know how you know how you um how you deflect if if or how you defend against that haymaker that? is you have a good answer to the question. Yeah, you just say yeah, we talked to him. If, like if yeah. you, if if you have the right answer to the question and by the way, there's only one right answer to that question. Right. If, if you have the right answer to the question, then that is diffused in seconds, you know, right. but instead instead they they tried to they tried to ignore me and then people started catching on like oh yeah it is you know it is kind of weird that they won't spotty was the, the first i was the second 
I like that. I like that. You, you saw it. You saw it. I uh, as soon as you as soon as you tweeted it out, I uh, I jumped right on it. And I was like, "Yep, like this and is e- bullshit." And and ev- that wasn't everybody's knee jerk reaction, you know, because no. you know what? It's a lot. It, it, uh, a funny word, a funny word, because I've been accused of it before. Is a lot of people are just clout chasing. Right. It's like, oh, oh man, these dudes are on. These dudes are on. These bro- these dudes. Oh, this shit's uh, fire. This shit is fire, bro. Yeah. Uh, complex, complex tweeted them out, or um, you know, such and such artist uh, rocks with them. Fuck that. I don't give a fuck. Right. If the, sh- I'm the, if, same the sh- way. if the shit looks like ass, I'm gonna tell you it looks like ass. If the shit is overpriced, I'm gonna tell you it's overpriced. And if the shit is leeching off of a dead man, then I'm gonna tell you that too. And so. Yep. They didn't like it, but eventually they had to put out a statement, um, you know, saying that they thought the auction should be paused. And then Christie's didn't even pause the auction. Christie's went ahead with the auction. You know. Oh, they did. Um, based on that's my understanding. Yeah, they never took it. They never took down the site. Huh. Um, they never took down the page. I think they actually did sell it. It sold, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I don't even want to say it, but I think I think it did sell. Um, and. Um, they eventually said at first, at first they started saying, okay, after I really was like not relenting, they said, well, a portion of the pro- part of the proceeds are going to the Mamba and Mamba Sita foundation. And it right. took them like most of the day to even say that. And they never, that was never part of the, 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 the description, the, or whatever. the description until that point. And then by the end of it, they were saying all the proceeds are going, but anyways, you know, I don't want to, as you can tell, I get I get worked up about no, it. Because no, that, no, no, that no. whole thing was um, that whole thing okay. was egregious, like egregious, man. And and if if that's um, if you're gonna start pointing fingers at people that are that are keeping it real on something that blatant, right? Then the then this is gonna it's gonna be a, a black eye on the whole space, you know. That's so. what I was gonna say. That's my biggest point about it is like. A lot of people shit on NFTs already and the idea of NFTs and all that stuff. And um, and so people, I don't think people, that's one thing is like, I don't even think the people that are on the show, the artists that are on the show understand the, um, the, the, the line that I'm stepping out on even to have people on the show to talk about NFTs. There's people that I follow on Twitter that aren't from the NFT world at all that are still on that shit where they're like, if you're sport, if you support NFTs, you shouldn't be following me. Fuck you. You know, blah, blah, blah. Like I think wow. NFTs are the worst fucking thing in the universe. They're fucking stupid. They're fake. They're, I mean, people that are really extreme with the shit. And like, I don't, and like, I'm not saying I want like a pat on the back like that, but I'm saying I, I do want people to appreciate the, the show a little bit more in that regard. And the fact that like, look, man, I'm trying to have people on that I feel like they have a space somewhere else, but at the same time, they might not have a space to talk about the same things. Like I don't, you had mentioned you'd been on a show before. I'm sure you'll be on shows more in the future and all that. Um, But the fact is, is that this is a different show. In my opinion, we could talk about different things. If you want to talk about some rap shit right now, let's go, let's do it. Like that's the nature of the show. You can't really go on other shows and, and be like, I want to talk about my art shit for a little bit, but I really hate, talking about my art shit for an hour because I'm a fucking artist and I, and it feels weird. Right. You can't do that. They're going to expect you to talk about art for an hour. And if you don't show up, it, it's, they're going to, they're going to be disappointed. The listeners are going to be disappointed, blah, blah, blah. This is a playground, man. Like this is a sandbox. Like this well, is the, a place for the one thing. The, the one thing I do want to say is like, mm-hmm. 
I I'm about spreading love and I'm about positivity and I'm about having fun with this yep. music. Um, yep. that's, that's really what it's all about. Like, you know, I put out a little funny poll really just to, just to mess with people saying like, if I did a diss song, who, who should I diss? Right. Mm-hmm. I have, I have no interest really in doing a diss song about anybody because I, I'm having too much fun. Just, just being spotty and, 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 and right. evan- evangelizing this, this spotty lifestyle, you know, but I respect it. I, uh, at the same time, like I, if I see something and it's bogus and especially if it's in the, if it's hip hop or hip hop adjacent, which I'm putting anything streetwear, anything, uh, sneaker culture. If you come into the NFT arena with some bullshit regarding yep. hip hop or sneaker culture, I'm going to, I'm going to call you out because most of you are like some, some tech bros that just got they don't some, know the culture. You, you got some VC funding, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're not even from here. Maybe yep. you're not even from, you know what I mean? Like you might, you might not even be from this hemisphere or whatever, and you just see an opportunity and that's where I'm going to let you know, because yep. what I'm doing, I do see an opportunity, but I'm also not like, I'm also not just uh, scavenging. No, you you're know? grown I'm from not, it. I'm not, I'm not some culture vulture. Like, and you hear that in my music, like I didn't just start rapping. You know, right. I might, I might have some funny punchlines. I might make you laugh. I might have a, a concept that's, um, that's kind of, kind of out there, but, but when you hear what I'm doing, you're going to know, I didn't just say, let me take some, let me just ride off of somebody else's name or just like come up with a gimmick and, and not have put in the 10,000 hours. Cause I put in those hours. I feel you, bro. That's exact. That is 1000% um, how I feel talking about the Kobe thing, by the way, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about this, where your stance is on this. So like, I'm a, I'm a big Mac Miller fan, right? Like, um, I got into Mac, uh, late. Um, like I got into Mac actually after he died, rest in peace, Mac. Um, but, and I know a lot of people could hear that and be like, Oh, how could you do that? But like, I'm older. So like, to me, when I would hear Max like younger shit or like earlier shit, it didn't really resonate with me. And then when I heard he changed a little bit and started doing other shit, uh, like the four or five years before he died or whatever, I went back and checked a lot of that shit out. And I was like, Oh, all right, this dude was onto something like this dude was a whole different mm-hmm. talent. And, and it's, and he's crazy. So like, what I wanted to ask was like, um, with the Kobe thing, cause somebody will say, well, so I, if I do a Jersey, like if I, if I make an NFT of a Kobe Jersey and it's like a framed Kobe Jersey or something like that, but it doesn't replicate exactly like the NBA Jersey or whatever. Um, but it still says Brian on the back and it says rest in peace or something like that. And it has like some, some really cool effects and you know, blah, blah, blah. Would you still feel the same way about it? Um, if it wasn't up on an auction site or, or something like that, they were still selling it, but they weren't selling it to, to make like a, a, a $20,000 profit or $30,000 profit off of one piece with Kobe's name attached and, and all that type of shit. Like, I guess what I'm asking is, is like, where's the line of division of like fan art. So like as a Mac Miller fan, if somebody did um, like a faces NFT where it's like, it's the cover of faces from Mac Miller, but it's done as like a virtual, like a, like a virtual piece where it has layers to it and shit like that. Um, is that, is, would that be, would we need to take the same approach with that? Or is that looked at more as fan art and is that acceptable? I mean, what's not, what is acceptable and what's not in that area? All right. The real talk is that is a really great question for a lawyer. 
Okay. I can tell you what I think and my opinion on it. Yeah, I want your I want your artistic moral, like your your collector view or whatever, like your fan view of it more than like the legal implications of it. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that they're really tied though. Like I I to me it gets back to that like Andy Warhol quote, right? Like to me what's to me what's ethical is like what's legit. You know, if right. it's legit and if and if it's gonna if it's gonna stand the test of time, because right now it's the Wild West. All right. It's the Wild right. West out here. You can get away with some shit right. for now. For now, you can get away with more than you're gonna be able to get away with in a couple of years, um, or less. So to me, the legal part of it and what's legit and what's ethical are actually tied together. So the so, so the analogy of for Mac Miller would be like if you wrote Mac Miller's name on a piece of paper and then you put it up for like five thousand Tez or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Um that in your I think in your eyes that would be bullshit. But yeah, I mean it it would be. Okay. So right. here's the here's the thing. <coughs> like excuse me. Anybody anybody walking the earth, well at least as Americans, you have the right to privacy. Okay. You have the right to sell or commercialize your name and your likeness. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's your right. Anybody, anybody can't just take your name and, and start commercializing it. Okay. Yep. Um, now it's a lot of Twitter lawyers. I've come to learn. There is a Twitter lawyer who, who, who told me that in California, there's a statute that extends that right to the deceased. Okay. Huh. So, um, so what does that mean to me for, 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 from where I stand? If, if that's true and if, um, you know, if, if basically if you're doing that in California or if you're doing that to someone who lived in California, like a Kobe, then if that's true, then you could be in some hot water. But right. what but what is what is probably easier for me to understand is like if Mac Miller copyrighted or I'm sorry, if Mac Miller trademarked his name, which I have no idea if he did, but it would have been very smart if he I'm did. I'm sure it. he did. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Um, you know, Kobe, it looked like uh I looked it up. It looked like, if I'm not mistaken, his name wasn't trademarked. The name Kobe Bryant wasn't trademarked until like last spring. So I don't know if that was the first time, but that was the first time that I saw that it was trademarked. But anyways, that lets me know as far as my comfort level goes, like the name Kobe is off limits. The name Bryant, if you're trying to surround it with Lakers colors or the number eight on a jersey or or the number 24 on a jersey, that to me is off limits because you already know, like you have a you have a, in his case, the family or in Mac Miller's case, if it was Mac Miller, the individual yep. or, or his estate, his family, if they trademark that name, they're trademarking that name to prevent exactly what you're describing. Right. You know, um, now with the, with the image of the face, um, that is different because a lot fewer people are probably trademarking the picture of their face, right? That probably gets down to like, is it uh, um, is it is it protected with that like right to privacy with whether they're whether they're alive or whether their state protects the deceased's right to privacy, et cetera, et cetera? Right. E- either way, to me, man, like, um, I don't know. I- I'm not gonna say you're like ethically wrong if you're selling a 
a painting or a mosaic or a sculpture of, of a deceased person or of, or of an individual. I'm not, I, I can't say that you're ethically in the wrong, um, but um, the name is a much more, the name is, is closer to the, is you're touching the stove to me. Like right. when, when you're just selling somebody's name, like, and, and you could put a lot of art, artistic skill and, and talent into how you paint the name or how you sculpt the name or whatever, you know, but to me, um, I don't know. I don't play that, you know, to me, like, I'll tell you another instance and, and I'm, that's kind of a non-answer, but you, you know, you get what I mean. It's all situational. Yeah, yeah. It's situational mm-hmm. to me. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to always err on the side of the, the originator, you know, right. because I, I'm trying to build something, you know, right. I ha- I've had to tell people like, you know, this, this could get me, man, Twitter, Twitter might go up if, if I, if I mention them too loudly, but there's, there's this, um, there's this project uh-huh. called the baby punks or the baby crypto punks. I don't know. If I saw this, this the other day. They're like small crypto punk. Ver- now I was going to ask, I wanted to get some clarifying on this, I guess, because I've seen the same thing with like, um, like the, the board apes have remixes where people right. will do like remixes of board apes. And what my thing right. is, I've noticed that they, that, that they'll still go for a lot. They'll still go for like two and a half, three Ethereum, four Ethereum, whatever. Right. And my thing is, is like, what's, what's the difference in owning uh like a board ape and a remix board ape? Like what, I mean, do you get different perks from board from like owning a, a regular board ape or remix board apes? Not really looked at the same way. Excuse yeah, me. Same thing like- with baby punks. What's going on here? I mean, it's like, um, was, I'm trying to think of what to compare it to, but you know, yeah, it's not like the original, you know what I mean? Like there might be some that are cool and there might be some that catch on. Um, but the original is always going to be the original, you know, to me, um, like, like with the baby and some of them, some of them are cooler than others, right? Like some, some of them, it's like, you look at it and it's like, oh, they actually, um, they actually reinterpreted these, you know, they, right. they, I like they the remix sh- board ape, by the way, I'm not going to bullshit. I like, and it. I don't know if I've seen, I've seen some, I don't know if I'm thinking of the same one you've seen, but I've seen some that are cool, you know, um, like there's a guy that makes crypto punks or I don't know if it's a guy, there's an artist that makes crypto punks out of fiat paper currency. You know, he, he folds the pay, he folds the currency. He, maybe he dies it, or maybe he does it on his computer or whatever. And he'll make, a depiction of your crypto punk with currency. That's kind of dope, you know? Um, but like to me, you know, if you talk to some crypto punk owners, they, they get everybody, everybody doesn't love it because if I have, if I have a, a notable crypto punk, right. And then somebody makes a, somebody makes a knockoff, you know, for lack of a better word, version of it. If somebody makes a baby spotty, let's just say that because there is a baby spotty. I was going to ask that. Uh, if, if somebody makes a baby spotty, all of a sudden, a lot of times they're making it and they'll, t- they'll make it. And then five minutes after it's minted, they'll tweet it at you to let you know, like, Hey, Hey, I got you. Check this out. You, you should buy this because if you don't buy it <laughs> for real, bro, they're holding you real. up. For real, bro, because if you don't buy it, somebody yeah. else is going to buy it, okay? And um, now the baby punks did not do that. Let me be clear. That's not what the baby punks did to me anyways. But 
there was a situation where I noticed somebody and he seemed to be a cool dude. We actually talked. He, he was like um, supportive of, of what I'm doing. Um, and then I just noticed one day, like his profile pic was a baby spotty, like his Twitter profile pic, right. his LinkedIn profile pic, um, all this stuff. And, and then, you know, I went to the OpenSea page. I'm like, let me check out what, what is all, what is up with this baby spotty dude. And like in his Twitter description, um, maybe, okay. It wasn't in the, in the open sea. It just said like the father is crypto punk 5528, which right. is spotty. Right. Okay? Right. Uh, but it didn't say the word spotty by name. It just said crypto punk 5528, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, this, this individual, the owner was, um, in his Twitter description, his Twitter bio was like, it's ba- it's Spatito. That's what he called it, actually. Ba- like, baby Spotty. Spatito. This is Spatito. The son of Spotty, or whatever. And, um, and like... People are we, so fucking weird. I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of weird, you know? And we were cool. We were cool. Like, I, I actually talked to the dude. I had a, a long conversation with him. We, we were chopping it up. And, um, and he's, like, known in the community, too. Like, like known. He's a good marketer, okay? Right. Mm-hmm. And, um... And he's doing some cool stuff. But at that time, I, after I after I got to know him, I noticed this and I just hit him up like, bro, like you can't like I need you to take that down, you know, because I'm building a brand here. And one right. thing about one thing about if you have a trademark like spotty Wi-Fi is a trademark, you right. have to protect that trademark. You can't just let anybody run around using your trademark or you can lose your trademark. And then you don't you don't have any right to stop somebody from saying, hey, we're selling spotty burgers or we're selling spotty shoes, you know? Right. So, so I hit him up. I was like, dude, can you just take that down? Like, that's, that's not cool. You know, I have a trademark and, and I think, I think you're infringing my trademark, blah, 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 blah. And, um, so what did he do? He took it down and he actually sold that baby punk. He sold that baby punk for half of what he paid for it. And he bought it just like a week or a couple weeks earlier. Oh, he was mad at you. So what does that tell you? What does that tell you? It tells me that sometimes people know what they're doing and they try to play it off. They try to play it off like, oh man, you know, it's like a, it's like an emerging space, man. We got to be patient with each other. I didn't know. I didn't know. Like, dude, you didn't know that you were going to, you didn't know that what I'm doing is dope. You didn't know, you didn't know that my talent and my hard work is making Spotty a name that is going to increase the value of Spotty and that by you co-opting that, that that was potentially going to increase in your, in your mind at least, it was going to appreciate the value of your little baby punk. If, you didn't, if, if that was not your intention, then why did you sell it for half the price that you paid for it a couple days after I told you to, to just stop calling it my name? So one reason why I, I I now stand up for this uh, this idea of the show like I do and whatnot is is to tie in like what you're talking about right now. Um, when I was doing the blind box, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's too I don't I don't care like that. It's too late uh, for me for me right. to get into it like that. But I but it it is something that I learned from. I had somebody on. It was a, a respected artist. Um, I still respect him as an artist. Like, there's, it's not like that. But when he was on, I, uh, I talked to him after the show. I said, "Hey, man, um, if you ever want to do a show or anything like that here at the, uh, you know, we're starting a network. Um, maybe it would be cool for you to have like a, uh, like a toy show or like a, you know, um, like a show where you, 
you know, break down the designer part of it more than I can because you're an actual artist and whatnot. And so you can get into the kind of the nerdy aspect of shit with people. And it's kind of the stuff that I don't really get into. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that would, yeah, that'd be cool. I could do that. So it'd be like a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, it'd be a podcast. Again, this is in the early days of podcasting. Nobody even knew what the fuck a podcast was really at that point. So I was like, yeah, I was like, you record the show. I was like, send the files over to me. I'll do the post-production on it. If you want to, I was like, you know, I can do that. That's not a problem. I said, just do me a favor and just keep the shows at like an hour because I want to any side show from our show. I want to keep an hour because our show is the main show. It's like that thing you were talking about protecting your brand or whatever. I was like, our show is the long running show. We're the one that goes like two hours, two and a half hours, two guests, blah, blah, blah. I said, and uh, other than that, just try to keep it on track for art shit, you know, toy shit, whatever. He's like, all right, yeah, yeah. So um, I went to South by Southwest and I'm out there and I start getting messages from him. And he's like, hey, we did a a run of the show. It turned out really great. Um, uh, But the only issue was we went a little bit long and it went like two hours. And I'm like, Mm. I'm like, but that's all right. So that's one thing out the window that, you know, that we agreed on or whatever. And he goes, um, Oh, and, uh, you know, we, you know, we, we talked about, uh, we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. We talked about everything and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, well, that's our show. Like that's, that's what we do is we bring people on to talk about everything. If they go on your show to talk about everything, why the fuck are they going to go on our show to talk about everything? Like that doesn't make any sense. And, um, eventually it's kind of like you're saying, I had to put my foot down. Like I, like I respect this dude as an artist. Like I respect him in his world that he, he, he exists in and all that. But at the same time, like you're in my world at that point, like you, like we, we agreed to sit down at the table and figure something out. And if you're going to be like that about it, I got to figure out something. I got to stick up for my own shit. So I told him, I was like, look, man, I I don't think this is going to work if this is what it's going to be like, because you know, this, this isn't what we agreed on or whatever. So like, if you want to do the show somewhere else, you're welcome to do that. But at the same time, like, this isn't what we really agreed on. Oh, all right. That's fine. I'll just, I'll just, you know, do it myself, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So then he, all of a sudden he launches the show and the show is now in the designer toy community. It's the respected designer toy show. And I'm like, wow. all right, well, that's cool. But like, you could at least shout me out or you could at least hit me up and be like, yo, do you want to be on our show to talk about your show and what you have going on and blah, blah, blah. There was none of that shit. There was no play ball. There was none of that. And that's where mm-hmm. I gave him the credit to be like, Oh, it's cool. Just let him do his thing. Like, you know, I like, I get it. Like and a part of me was like, he's older. Like he's, he's kind of figuring out like what he wants to do or who he wants to talk to and all that type of shit in terms of art. And this is like a new way for him to do that. So, okay, cool. I was his inspiration. That's fine. But there was no, there was no hit me up about that. And like, that's what bothered me where like, I don't know. I just felt, I felt like our idea kind of got ripped out from underneath us and there was nothing that we could do about it. And there was nobody that hit us up about it to say thank you or anything like that. And I was like, nah, never again. Like, I'm not going to do this show and have people hear this and be like, yeah, man, he's got a point. There's no other show where they mix NFTs and hip hop and sports and comedians and models and variety show and blah, blah, blah. We should do that. Nah, fuck you. Like, that's why if you listen to the first episode, the first skits that I did was it's the first one starts off where I call up my boy and I go, yo, I'm getting back in the podcast game. And he's like, oh, word. What's the idea? And I'm like, four things. We got four guests, four segments, four shows a season. Bam. Like, that's what we're doing. Four things. And he's like, all right. So four guests, four shows, four segments, four. So 16 things. And I go, no, not 16 things. It's four things. And he goes, 
no, no, no. That's a good idea. Like, you know, four guests, four segments, four shows. That's 16 things. Yeah. That's my new podcast idea. 16 things. That's what I'm doing. G thanks. And I, and I go, well, and I go, what? And you know, and then that's the skit. And then the second skit, it, it's a, it's an evolving skit. So when you listen to the second interview before it starts off, you hear, you know, I, I go, all right, let me try this again. I call somebody else and I go, Hey man, what's going on? I'm getting back in the podcast game. He goes, Oh word. What do you, what's your idea? And I go, four things. I go, it's a uh, four guests, four segments, four skit or uh, four right. episodes a season. And he goes, Oh, so 16 things. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Gee, thanks. And he hangs up the phone. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> So then yeah, that, the, that's real though. So then the third skit is I call somebody up and they answer the phone and I go, yo, what's going on, man? I'm getting back in the podcast game. And he goes, yo, I'm getting back in the podcast game too. It's 16 things, four guests, four, four skits, four bits. <laughs> and he goes, yo, G I'll talk to you later, man. I got to go. And I go, yo, what the fuck? So that's, that's hilarious. That's the, the type of skits that we do here or whatever. And that's one of the, that's where they come from is like that type of, of, you know, aggression, I guess is like a creative where it's like, can I have anything that's mine? And if you like it, just holler at me, like just fucking holler right, at me. Right. Right. And, and let's build and let's make something bigger than the other shit that's out there together. And let's do this, but don't take my shit and then expect me to be like, Oh no, it's cool, man. I understand ideas are weird like that. Everybody has ideas. You know what I mean? Like, no, fuck that. Like, I'm tired of that. I'm too old for that shit now. Stand up for your ideas. Yeah, it's uh, especially in this space, man. Like I said, it's the Wild West and it's just too much money exchanging hands and people, uh, people can't help themselves, you know? So like for me, I try my best not to like, not to broadcast an idea until it's Mm -hmm. until it's ready, you know? That shit gives me anxiety like a motherfucker because um or or if i if i broadcast an idea it's because i already know people are working on it you know what i mean like right but 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 if if you think you have a novel idea if you think you have something that is like nobody's thinking of this right now then you have to keep that super close to your vest man because uh it's it's too many too many people out there that um that can that that just want to run with it you know and they don't they don't care they like that's they're not going to include you they're not going to include you um yeah people are funny like that man you know it's Mm -hmm. it's really funny um thankfully you know like you know this is not necessarily related i guess it's kind of related but like when before i dropped i'm spotty uh, my producer was like anxious like anxious anxious he was like man somebody's gonna beat us somebody's gonna come out and be the first crypto punk rapper and um i wasn't really sweating it that much because i was just confident that like even if we're not the first we will still gonna be the best yeah yeah. (laughs) like that's what that that was my approach like i I would rather i'd rather get i'd rather have it be exactly the way we want it to be to be ready to drop it rather than just try to be the first thankfully you know, and, and believe me, everybody wants to be the first at something in this space. And so thankfully we've been able to, to plant that flag in the sand and say, we, you know, that's, I'm the, I'm the first and the best and the only, um, but, um, everybody's thirsty to be the first at something. So when you have an idea, you know, you have to be very selective and I'm not a developer, you know, I'm not a coder and I'm not even a music producer. So I, I have to, partner with people you know all the time 
but you yeah. have to be very selective. You have to be very discerning. I see it in people that are like, and I'll tell you what, man, this, this space is so nascent and I keep saying that, but this space is so young that right. you can't, you can't even really trust somebody's NFT reputation. Believe me, there are people in this space that have a really great reputation um, it, for their NFT credit or whatever they whatever. do. NFT. Yeah, whatever, yeah. I know, know what you're saying. Yep. And they'll and, and, and when you really when you really um, share information with them or when you rely on them or when you make a deal with That's them, when you, yep. then then you kind of find out like, oh, yeah, they're kind of shaky. Actually, When they leave you waiting, when they yep, bro, yep, yep. bro, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, I'm telling you, like, oh, I know because because I'm like, learning. I'm learning. Th- there's a lot of people who just like, you know, there's people who just nerded out three years ago, downloaded, claimed a bunch of NFTs, and now they're legends in the space, you know, doesn't mean that they're like stand up stand up uh people you know what i mean like, right and and i'm not saying they're like ethically bad people but just uh, they exactly. may not be they may not be the most dependable they might over promise and under deliver a little bit doesn't mm-hmm. mean doesn't mean you don't want to get a beer with them doesn't mean they're bad people but just when you're trying to move um you know move the right way and get something out there that's going to blow people's minds and be the first and be the best and be the only you need people that are solid you know yep. so, so you gotta you gotta be careful and like I guess just like try to work with people, you know, and I've been fortunate that I know people that I've worked with for years that are interested in this space, even if they weren't like, even if I was learning a a few weeks before they were and, and, um, and and I'm not an expert on, on very many things, including NFTs, but I've thankfully had some friends that were interested either ahead of me or right behind me that I could collaborate with. Yeah, that's I. Th- I think that all that's important, and um, and I I agree with you one thousand percent. One thing that I do, Spotty, I don't know if you know this or not, but um, but I do make some beats. Um, so you rap and you make beats. Yeah, I just started making beats over the last like I've I've been a hip hop. I was a hip hop kid, so like to me, I grew up on like mix shows, DJ shows, like shit like that. So like I, I grew up around production beats, like stuff like that, rapping, whatever. So. Oh. It's not like I'm, it, when I start to make beats, a lot of people might be like really starting to, to understand samples, music, blah, blah, blah. I have an ear for the shit. I just don't know how to do it. You know what I mean? Like I just uh-huh. never, nobody ever sat me down and, and really showed me how to do it. Everybody just fed me beats. And right, so right. I didn't need to. But then as I've gotten older, it's become kind of more like therapeutic, I guess, for me to do it. Where like, nice. I don't really have the energy to rap as much anymore. Cause when I rap, I I take pride in it. I really feel like I, I can, I do this, you know, like what Spotty was saying. I, I know how to fucking rap. Like that's, that's one thing where like, um, that's where I say, that's like the original claim what you are. Like, that's where I would say that a lot on the blind box where I say, claim what you are. Like, like the one thing that I would say is I can fucking rap, man. Like if you want to go check out my music, gmmusic.bandcamp.com. Um, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I'm the best rapper in the world. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I can rap. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of people who they, they try to rap and I used to try to rap. Like I had to learn and I had to work at it and it was a craft that I developed and, and shit like that. And then eventually I got good at it. And then eventually I could sit down and write a verse and a chorus and a bridge and, and make a full fucking song. And I figured out song structure and I understood that and I appreciated it and I respected the craft of songwriting and all that. So like, 
you get into it and you really, you know, that's what I want to kind of do with beats right now. And so I make beats, but what I, what I basically, what I do is I just make it the way that I hear it. I don't really get into like a lot of sample chopping and shit like that. Like I get into what I like to do is I like to listen to some old records and shit because I'm old. I like to listen to some old records. I pull a sample, something that I hear in the beat or whatever. And then I lay drums around that and over that. And then I'll, I'll kind of add some sounds to it if I want to, like I might kind of put a break in it or something like that. But for the most part, I like to really find a sample that it's like a, it's like a game for me almost. It's like puzzle making almost like, like uh, I hear the sample and it clicks to me and then I quick convert it over. And then I quick see if the drums that I'm hearing in my head are, are working and then it works. And sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it does. I have, probably like a hundred beats that I've made over the last like year or whatever. And I don't know, I'd say like 20 of them are, are really good quote unquote, but yeah, that's um, a one, lot of beats. That yeah. That's a, like a I appreciate it. Um, it's a, it's a, it's just been a lot of, it's been a lot of work and shit and just like trying things out. And like, I've gotten some equipment and stuff like that. One thing I was saying on the show, like I used to make beats and like, I would listen to them through like computer speakers. And I didn't realize that there was a real difference, even after all these years and being in the studio and shit like that randomly with friends and blah, blah, blah. I didn't realize that there was that much of a difference between like computer speakers and, and studio monitors, like little small, even you know, five inch monitors or whatever. So I was making beats and to me, they sounded banging on the, on the computer speakers. But then when I would play them for my boy and I would send him over to him, he'd be like, yo, where are your drums? Like, I can't hear your drums. And I'm like, that doesn't make Mm. sense. My drums are definitely there. They bounce down with the rest of the track. The fact was, is I didn't have them turned up and shit like that. They didn't knock because I I didn't, uh, in the computer speakers, you hear everything EQ'd and shit differently. So right, when I switched right. over to the monitors, it all made sense. So I'm still learning like that. Like I'm never one to be like, yo, I'm the dopest producer, blah, blah, blah. But what I, what I will say though, is I got a beat here. I'm going to play this beat and spotty. What I want you to do is I want you to tell the people, um, just talk over it. Let them know where they can get a hold of you, where they can find you. Um, all that stuff. Hey, there it is. Okay. Yes, sir. I like that. Keep it real low fi Yeah, spotty so fly. And I happen to be a stand-up guy. You can find me, 5528, Lava Lane, Lava Labs. Had the brain, had the pen, had the pain, a story to tell. No pen and teller, but yeah, I'm out the cellar. Came up to the ground floor. Yeah, I found more rhymes on the drawer of a pad that I wrote in. Just some quotes in, and I had to do it. No lotion, going at them raw, coming out hard. Everybody know to clear the whole damn yard, because I will pull your card. And I do not give a damn, but I am (laughs) the man, and I'm fly like Peter Pan. Impromptu bars from Spotty. I love it. I eat rappers for lunch. Yeah, save your brunch. I'm on the case, and I only had a hunch. I hit the gym, no crunch. Man, I'm really not a free... I'm really, I'm really not a freestyler, bro. But at least nah, you gave me man. some lo-fi. You know, lo-fi I can work with. But, that's all. Um, I, that's all I do. That's all, that's what I'm saying. Like that's I'm good at that. So maybe we should. That look was up dope. Something. That was that was your beat. That yeah, was that was my beat. beat. Yeah, that okay. was my beat. I like um, that, man. That's that actually dope. I actually made a um, shout out to Ren One. Uh, my boy Ren One uh, used that as a instrumental for uh, NFT that he put out. And uh, so that's available over. I think it's still available over on Ren's uh, Hick and. Hick and Tunk. Um, 
Okay. If you, uh, I think his his name is Crater Labs on Twitter. Let me make sure, just because I want to get the plug right. Because I mean, fuck, it's my NFT, I guess, too. So um, that's dope, dope, man. So, yeah, we could we could definitely do something. Uh, Ren One Lab actually is the uh, at Ren One uh, O N E Lab. Um, if you go over there and look at his Hick and Tunk page, Hick and Tunk, um, then uh, you can you might be able to get them. I don't know if he burned them or not, um, but I know there's some available over there, and uh, that's technically my my Genesis piece. Uh, okay, so, so wait, are you selling them? Um, are you is that how you're selling the beats for people to rap? To, for like, if I buy your NFT beat, then I own it and I can use it. Is that that's what I got to figure out? Honestly, we can. I mean, Spotty, if you want to talk about that off the show and figure some things out, maybe help me uh, connect some dots or something like that. I'm I'm trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be against doing something like that, but I'm not sure yeah, exactly I'm, how I'm doing that. To be honest, that's something I'm trying to understand too because yeah, um, I think. I'm, I'm trying to understand like, and maybe somebody listening to this can, can, can yep. get at us, help us understand. But I'm like, do you just, if you want to have, um, if you want to sell the copyright or the commercial rights, do you just write that in the description? Like, do you right. just write the terms into the description? Cause yep. I don't know if you saw, but Lil John, Lil John was uh, getting into some NFT. <laughs> yeah, I did see this the other yeah. day. Mm-hmm. And, like somebody was basically not just somebody, a friend of mine, Beanie, was saying yeah i saw that beanie was was uh was calling him out he was saying like why is little john verified an open c he didn't sell anything basically right <laughs> and little john was like because i'm little john bitch yeah little john was like i've been a public figure for 30 <laughs> years that's why and like i sold hundreds of millions of records that's why i got a blue check mm-hmm. and um i went and so if you go on open c and you look on little john's page he has like three beats for sale and then a bunch of ad lib packs but and, and I was thinking, like, I was like, oh, man, I, need, I should just buy one right now and just make a song. You know? Right. But when you don't you know if you de- have the rights to. Well, when you read the description, it says very clearly at the end of the description, it says no intellectual property rights are transferred. Oh, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So. So anyways, I was like, well, that's little John, you know, if that's if that's how he's making it clear, I guess you just write the I guess you just write you it just in the do description. That. But I don't know. I don't know if there's a more official way to do it. Well, if anybody knows, holler at us um, at Spotty Wi-Fi on uh, on Twitter. Um, if you didn't hear it through the bars, if you weren't listening, um, if you were listening to it but you weren't listening to it, you know what I'm talking about, Spotty. Yes, sir. Or check me out, SpottyWiFi.com. Um, I do have an email list that you can sign up for that my yep. manager always tells me to remind people about. We haven't sent one. <laughs> We have not sent one damn email, so I, I guarantee we're not going to spam you. But one of these right. days, one of these days when we do a new drop, we will remember to alert our email subscribers. But one um, thing I yeah, just be real quick before we get out of here. One thing I do want to throw out there, if anybody's listening, that I would like to get into, um, and this kind of goes into, I guess, what we were what we were talking about also is like I want to get into some NFT stuff for the show, but more for the content of the show, like how I would go about doing that, or if anybody has any idea of, um, or if they want to help out, like if you want to, if you do anything digital or you do any kind of animation or anything like that, and you want to do something for the show that we can um, put out as NFTs, I would I would like to do all that kind of stuff. It's just people have to be willing to play ball. Like you got to you know, hit me up or, you know, if I hit you up, be willing to do more than just the the segment or whatever, you know, let's, let's figure something out and figure out a way to make this thing 
the biggest, uh, coolest NFT podcast um, that isn't really an NFT podcast. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that's smart. You know, you could think about um, you could think about just asking your guests like, hey, when you come on the show or will you be cool? Would you be cool if I minted as a a part a part of it? You know, like. Right. um, Right. You know, that's just like one idea. But like a clip from the show could be an NFT, you know. Right. And, you know, you have your logo and you have other visual things you could do. You know, you could have like a little. little piece of artwork of like your guest and you, you know, so right. there's a, there's a lot you could do with it. I think that's a, that's a great idea. And I'm down. You know, if, if, if you want to have uh, you know, if you want to have a clip of me talk, talking about how those dudes were bogus as fuck for trying to sell, Kobe, <laughs> yeah, for trying I'm to sell it. those Kobe shoes. If anybody um, wants to do the animation for that, holler at me and we'll do hell split. yeah. Um, but you Cause that's how it. I'd rather do it. I want to do it. I want to do it legit. It's like what you were saying. Like I want to do it legit. I want to. I want to get some kind of animation or kind of digital something involved with it. I don't want to just sell the clip audio with like a still shot. I want to get something something dope for the people. You know what I mean? We used to sell blind boxes here, like physical blind boxes. You know, um, before they became a fucking craze with like Loot Crate was around, but like nobody else was. You know what I mean? And um, we used to sell uh, artists would contribute things from the show where they would send uh, they would send us like stickers or these like small kind of like sketch cards or whatever. And then we would put them into boxes and sell like 25 small boxes and 50 large boxes. So um, they were like physical, put in the mail, you know, show up at your doorstep type shit. But we would sell out of those. So I know that's what I'm saying. Like, I know that I know it, man. I've done it before. I've seen it happen before. I've seen it work. It was a different time. But I see the same the same vacant spot right now in digital art. It's there. That was there when I first started doing the blind box when we would have these artists on. Like somebody needs to give y'all a voice. Like the collectors, the the creators, um, the the galleries, all that stuff. And I'm willing to do all that shit. But you gotta. But not you. But but everybody has to respect the other the other guests, the other people, like when J zone comes on or whatever, check him out, see what he does. Um, okay. you know, check into like his music and shit like that and follow him or whatever. Like the only way he's going to know if you exist is, is if you hit him up or if you follow him or whatever, and right. then follow him and then retweet some of his shit, comment on it sometimes or whatever. And if you see somebody on this, sh- that's the one thing I'll say, if you see somebody on this show, they are cool as fuck. You can hit them up and you can be normal with them and shit like that and be normal with them and you will get a response. You'll get a back and forth or whatever. I don't have anybody on this show that's on some superstar shit or some weirdo shit or whatever. Like that shit, I don't do that. You know what I mean? No. So, um, so Spotty, I appreciate you being on the show. Um, I know you, you, bro. you didn't have to do this and uh, appreciate you letting me get some of this stuff off my chest over the last hour. Yo, you're the longest guest that I've had on the show, by the way. Hey, yep. you know, we, we make, we, we're trying to make history over here. That's bro. what I'm saying. We're making you know, hits already. I'm trying to be the first, the only, the longest, <laughs> the best, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, oh. I, man, I'm going to tell you though, yep. I'm not the best freestyler. Next time I'm going to come with one of these, uh, you know, Hot 105 uh, free, pre-written freestyles. So I'll, I'll I, <laughs> I didn't expect you to drop bars, uh, number one. Number two, um, I don't like to tell people too much about before the interview, before we get into it, because I like the the element of surprise or whatever. Number no, that three, was, that was good. if you listen to the uh, segment that we did with rap, that I did with Rap Rankings, um, my boy Melvin and uh, Lyle come on the show. They have a, they have a dope uh, website where they rate every album. That's basically like hip hop album. Um, Melvin, I played the beat for Melvin and he did the same thing. 
um, where he started freestyling over it. And I was like, this wasn't in the fucking plans. And, uh, and I gotta say, you guys were right on par with each other, I would say. And, and Melvin also raps and stuff, uh, and, and has put out some albums and stuff like that. So you did just fine. Um, I think I played the beat for, I don't know if it was Coldy or if it was Lurk. And I pump faked him. I told him that we were the, that I wanted him to drop bars, but I was just joking. <laughs> I said, I said, all right, now you just got to spit something. They said, uh, what? I said, no, nah, I'm just playing. No bars, no bars. Um, so if anybody's listening right now, you can check out uh, Four Things Podcast um, on Twitter at Four Things Podcast. Uh, you can check out the Instagram. I haven't updated that in a long ass time. And to be honest, I don't really know if I plan to unless things really start picking up and I start leaving the house and doing shit because right now there's not really a whole lot to post pictures of and I'm not doing the thing where I post pictures of every guest from every episode and shit. It's just tedious and annoying and I'm not doing it because it makes this shit not fun. So, um, so that's that. Uh, like I said, if you, uh, if you want to donate to the show, holler at me, I got, um, I got some things that I'm trying to put together. I got my gallery that I'm working on my personal collection gallery that believe it or not, I guess collectors are a big deal now. So as I start to put together my collection, um, again, it's like the show. If you see somebody in the collection, you know, it's somebody you should probably fuck with. Um, cause I don't fuck with whack shit. That's uh, that's how it's always been. So, um, yes, you know how it is, Spotty. That's why Spotty's here. Um, like I said, man, this is four things. Uh, this is a podcast about more than just four things. Uh, my name is GM. Um, I've been your host and we're going to keep it rolling. We're going to take a break for a second. We're going to come back. I don't know. I don't know about the skits and bits, uh, for this, for this, uh, this episode, just because it's been a crazy week. And this is what I was trying to say to Spotty before is like, I want to get this episode up. And then I have the fourth episode of the season coming up. But the problem is, is that on some personal shit, we got to go and watch my girl's uh, folks house because they're going out of town. And then when they come back, like the day after they come back, my parents are coming into town. And it's the first time that I've seen them in like two fucking years or like two and a half years. So I'm hype. Um, I'm not going to be doing show shit during that time. I'm going to be spending time with my folks because life is bigger than, than podcasts. Um, and I, I would say everybody else do the same thing. Book a book a week with your family. If you haven't done that in a while. Um, and that's about it, man. We, uh, I'm going to play some music to get out of here. Um, I get, fuck it, man. Let's run it. Um, (laughs) you know what it is. Uh, this is four things. Um, we're going to be back. I don't even know who I am yet, right? Beautiful. But they got to learn. They got to learn. 5-20-8. So, uh, NFT, I got one more for you, okay? What do you, okay. uh, what do you think about this one? I like it. It's it's my NFT. What? That's my NFT. But I didn't. I didn't think you. How does an NFT have an NFT? I made an NFT. Do you want to buy it? No. No, I'm not gonna have you try to sell me your NFT too. I mean. Oh, I don't NFT. think you have enough money anyway. <laughs> I, wow. <laughs> what is? We have an NFT oh. well on the show now. Ape Great. shall never kill ape. 
ape, I'll never kill ape. I have diamond hands now, G. Oh my god. The NFT. You've, ta you've taken control. Oh, we're fucked. I have a diamond-handed Thanos glove. Four things. Four things. Oh, it's four things. <laughs> <laughs>